How was that? It's good enough? Hmm? Frank. No, he says that he did it. He says that he did it, so he did it. Oh, gee, I'm so damn proud of myself. Hmm? I did this for you, G. All right? I got him to sign on the dotted line for you. He didn't shoot the cock skid, but go ahead, look at him. Look at him, he's proud to have signed. Oh, uh, the great uh, Andre Brower, uh, safe home. My God, what a genius. Of course, the uh, star of Homicide Life on the Street, which is filmed right here in Fells Point. <sighs> Frank, Frank Pembleton was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. And then for a younger generation, of course, Raymond Holt. On Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I, and I mean this as great as Frank Pembleton was. Like I don't know that Raymond Holt wasn't in ways even a more amazing performance. I said this to someone last night. I I am a an obsessed Boy Meets World fan, and I think a lot of people know that about me. I think it's one of the great television shows ever made, and people say, "Oh, it's too campy." You you're just allowing nostalgia to, to be a play. I actually think it's more brilliant than you realize. I think it was a, a Greek tragedy, and I just don't think the people, because it was sort of a disney ABC show, I don't think anybody's willing to, to look at it um, that way. But the character of Mr. Feeney was this beloved character on Boy Meets World, and I've said this to a few people. I, I believe the closest we've come in a, a more traditional sitcom to recreating... The Mr. Feeney character was what Andre Brower did with Raymond Holt, where he was somehow both the conscience of the program and elevated the comedy and played into the campiness and the silliness and the -the over-the-top nature of what Brooklyn Nine-Nine was. Andre Brower was a genius, an utter genius. And it sucks that we've lost Andre Brower at the age of 61. That's criminally too young. God. And homicide, you know, isn't thought of the way The Wire is thought of as, you know, one of the greatest television programs of all time, but it was damn good. Man, that that hit me. Like, that was a gut punch when I saw that last night I I ugh, love everything about Andre Brower as a as an artist just an absolute genius so um very very sad news safe home Andre Brower and good morning it is a uh, would you rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark radio I'm gonna need a minute got a lot going on today coming up I to understand that Drew Forrester is swinging by he said it'd be a nice, it'd be a drive-by today, and I said that's fine. This bit where he, that he's been doing, where he's been sticking around for two hours, I don't know whose idea that was, but I thought we had done away with the two-hour. We used to do that years ago, where Drew would do the entire Friday show with us. I thought we had moved on from those days. I thought that wasn't a thing any longer, but recently he's been sticking around for two hours, like out of the pandemic. We were able to get rid of that. We were like, no more Fridays with Forrester. Hooray! We upgraded. We brought in Stan Charles. Yeah. Um, 
then he started coming in on Wednesdays. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Because he was like, I can't do the whole show. I'm like, that's all right. We'll be able to make it through somehow, some way. So I'm okay with him only. He called me earlier this week. He's like, hey, man, I got bad news. I'm like, uh-oh. Like, is this something important? Is this something related to our, you know, our helping up mission drive? He was like, not going to be able to stay for very long on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, we might as well not do the show then. I mean, just cancel it, I guess. The only reason people tune in on this. Right? Things. I love, everybody knows I love Drew. And the way that you love that uncle that you see at the holidays and you're like, I'm going to stay on this side of the room. Like, I'll give you a hug, but I'm just going to, I'll be over here now. That's the way it's going to go. Um, Drew Forrester will be by later on in the program. Ryan Leaf is going to join the program. You remember, uh, I have not, this is the, I wish that I would have had the chance to watch the Heisman doc from 97 because, of course, he was featured in that. Yeah, you're right. I haven't had time to watch these things. I'm not going to be able to watch a Reggie White one tonight either because I'm going to see Mariah Carey tonight. That's the big the big event in my life, going to see Mariah Carey. Baby. I think that's Oh, fine. I'm very that's, excited yeah, about it. Like, I'm very excited. I've had a few people judge me. I um, found out Tyus is a Mariah Carey fan. I don't like that at all. He is not? Yeah. How are you not? I don't get it. How are I don't you not get a Mariah it. Carey I don't Carey get it. I don't – I'll never – She's a, I can understand, like, not maybe... Speaking of geniuses, right. you, you can, like, her public persona, you can poke at, but as far as her actual talent and the the catalog she's given us, even if you're just someone who only knows, like, if you're young, you might only know Mariah Carey Christmas. If that was it, it would be genius. Mariah Carey's catalog is as rich as almost any performer of the last 30 years 40 years at this point i gotta i gotta think about my math god man so uh i'm not gonna be able to watch that either but ryan leaf is on the call for the game sunday night ravens jaguars on westwood one he'll check in with us pamela wood's gonna join us um enterprise reporter for the baltimore banner she has been all over the orioles lease conversation negotiations discussions whatever you want to call it and she will join us and try to help us make sense of what happens next um we did do the tyus bowser show last night it was for those of you that uh, weren't able to come out and join us unfortunately we had three different guests cancel on us yesterday man like honest to god tyus had someone lined up then messaged me and said, "Oh man, can't make." It. And I don't want to tell anybody who it is because I don't, I we don't we don't want to do that to them because we'd like them to come out and join us next Tuesday. So we don't want to make it seem like we're piling on. And then at like six o'clock, I scrambled, pivoted, and found an emergency option. And I was like, "All right, this is all gonna work out." Like at the end of the night, and even like twenty minutes later, that person was just like, "Damn, dude, I can't make yeah. it. I'm not gonna be able to get there in time." And I was like, "We can start late." <laughs> Like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to get there till like 8.30. And then yeah. I'm like, all right, it's what it is. It's what it is. So we had a fun show with Tyus. Um, and we let we we, we, we got a, we, we veered into other territories. And we're going to get you some of that today and throughout the course of the week. But, um, yeah, I, at one point we did a segment. I don't know if you've ever listened to Rita and I on 105.7 The Fan. We do a silly segment called The Wheel, which is sort of like our bouncing topic segment. And we decided to do a version of that with Tyus last night. And Tyus wanted to, like, do, because he, 
after the show ended, was like, dude, I almost interrupted you because I wanted to bring up the Orioles' lease. And I was like, bro, I we would have been here for another hour and a half. And so then Tyus and I actually sat after the show. And you were just talking about Just talking about it for like, well, I'm like, all right, let me try to give you as much of the backstory as I possibly can about this. And I realized like how insane this must be for, you know, an a quote unquote outsider. Like Tyus has been here for a little while, but he's not from here. It's not in his blood. He hasn't, you know, he doesn't know anything. He he doesn't know who John Angelos is. Good for him. He doesn't know these politicians. This isn't where, you know, like it's a lot. Right. <laughs> so to try to all right, where do we start? It's like an so entire we, movie that you're trying Rita to and I literally sat there for like a while attempting to try to explain the whole thing. And he I the number of times he just sort of looked up and shook his head. I'm like, bro. I do this for a living, and sometimes I feel the way that you feel right now. So Pamela Wood is going to attempt to educate us a little bit more about what next after the events of last week. And again, it appearing as though the deal had been reached, only for it to again come apart. Now what? Where do we go from here? We'll talk about that with Pamela Wood when she joins us a little bit later on, and we will get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show, all of that coming up on the program today. Griffin, you want to let everybody know about what's going on at the Green Turtle? Yeah, at the Green Turtle, uh, you, every Thursday, you will get a $10 free bet at the new Green Turtle Sportsbook in Towson or Canton. So stop by, get your $10 free bet, watch the game, and enjoy some great Green Turtle food. So make sure you check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson or Canton, or both. Uh, the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting with a $10 free bet each and every Thursday uh, over at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks. Yeah, you can't beat that. I would make sure you get over there. And I'll say again, take the under tomorrow. Um, how'd it do on Monday night? How to do? Um, I don't know what the numbers were. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would think the Miami game went over because it was. Yeah, it was um, what twenty eight twenty seven. Yeah, I don't remember what the number yeah, was I don't for either. What the number was for for the. Well, did the you? Giants. So you're saying you didn't bet them? No, I didn't. So you didn't even listen to your own advice? Well, I wasn't. What kind of banging? I wasn't banging, I wasn't banging whoa, the table. Whoa, 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 whoa! I was, whoa. This is Thursday night football. This what is kind of, the. Oh no! You said it was prime time unders, Chief. You don't get to suddenly turn around and change your mind about this. You said prime time unders Giants game were the over. play. So they both went over. Both went over. So maybe it's not such a thing anymore. Well, I mean, on the year, we're still, we're last still Thursday pretty big. And last Thursday night went over. It did go over. That was I'm, I'm gonna, absurd. I'm going to guess Sunday night probably went over. Um, What was the Sunday? I already forget what It was Dallas-Philadelphia. Yeah, that game probably went over. So it was... Uh, actually, let me see what they... Uh-huh. That game went under. That game was under. It was still, under. so that means overs were three and one on the weekend. Correct. Okay. Four and one if you include Army Navy. Who's playing? Who's is it? Easton Stick who's playing for the Chargers? Um, uh, I would imagine so. Like what? Unless they go with Max uh, Duggan. Max Duggan. TCU legend Max Duggan. All in, baby. I want to see that. Um, are you committed to the bid or not? Really is the. I question mean, I'm here. taking the under. Yeah. But you weren't committed to it the rest of the weekend. It sounds like you're really saying is well, when I mean, there's yeah, bad teams with bad quarterbacks kinda, play the under, you're not really committed to the primetime under. I'm I'm staying committed, but yeah, I mean when you got to, you got you know you got to use your uh, 
you know, look at it. You got two, two of them. It sounds, it sounds like you got, it sounds like doing the show in your underwear one time scared you away. I'm taking the under tomorrow night. Going to the Green Turtle Sportsbooks. Yeah, I, you keep saying that. We know that they're bad quarterbacks playing tomorrow night. Yeah. Your commitment to the bit has been play the primetime unders. And now it sounds like you're getting away from just it being primetime unders. And Saturday you're just saying, night. hey, if there are bad quarterbacks, then play the under. Good under Saturday night. So Denver at Detroit. Oh, that's not bad quarterbacks necessarily. Yeah, but I'll take the under in that one, though. All right. All right. Um, Indy Pittsburgh. That's the four thirty game on Saturday. Guess that counts as prime. I guess all those count as primes. I'm not sure what how to. Yeah, how I don't. I, they, they do, I don't know what they do. Yeah, I don't know if those count or not. Whatever. All right, let's move forward. What are we doing here? All right, uh, Maryland basketball. They actually made a three or two last night. They did. They did. Pull up what their the numbers were because I think I feel like they made like fifty percent of their threes. They made. I think well, I was looking at it before we got in here. I think it was like forty five or forty six percent from three. That's um. That's obviously better. The freshmen looked all look good. I think they all had double digits. Now they were playing Alcorn State. They right? were playing like that's Alcorn the, State. This is the they problem with a, reacting to any of this. This is why, for the most part, I, we don't even discuss these early season games. So that's why, unless they go terribly wrong, <laughs> there's not much to say. Unless. It, to quote dog's eye view. By the way, what's do you want to text him? I Mr. did. He, so I asked him if he was good, and he just said, uh, "Hang tight." <laughs> what? Not yet. That's what he said. I, we, 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 I, and I know that this I is know. a bit, but we have to at, at some point say, and I mean this. This is where you got to be a producer. All right. At some point, we you have to have a conversation. Say, hey, we got to know what you can do. We can't just leave the show hanging around you. Like we got to know if we should do a show book guests, all that sort of stuff. We can't just do it this way moving forward. This is producing. All right. This is right. in the big in, in the big show that never would allow something like this to happen. Right. I've put up with it because we have got this silly thing, but at some point we do have to tie it back in together and this is getting this is getting out of control. And like I think he thinks it's a funny bit and we gotta have a conversation at some point. That all being said, what was the numbers? Uh, from three, Maryland was 14 for 30, 46.7% from three. The, the only thing you can say. They missed nine free throws, 31 for 40. That's still pretty. Yeah, that was over that? 70, 77%. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not, that's not bad at all, really. Well, you say free throws. When you They're lead free. with it, I understand, but when you lead with saying they missed nine, like, oh, that sounds terrible. Let me say, because they were 31 of 40, you're like, well, wait a second. That meth isn't quite as bad as you made it out to be. Um, I, I don't want to be completely dismissive because the one thing that you could say is they were even missing open threes at the beginning of the year. So even if you want to try to look at the opponent and say, hey, don't read into the opponent, don't read into the opponent with the final score, right? Like the final score doesn't really tell you all that much about Maryland. Anything that looks like rhythm from outside, anything at all, is a positive for this team because they've been dreadful. I mean, an abomination from beyond the arc. So that's the only thing that I'll give you from a game against Alcorn State is that you hope any rhythm at all from beyond the arc can carry over against anyone. If they had played a middle school team last night, the problem wasn't 
just that they were missing contested or defended threes. The problem was they were missing everything. Open looks. They were missing. No one could buy a shot from outside. So making any shots at all from outside, we would say, is somewhat of a positive. Somewhat. I don't want to overread into it, but somewhat of a positive for Maryland basketball, and you hope they can build off of that moving forward. Um, the other only real news from yesterday is, yes, the Ravens signed Malik Cunningham off the Patriots practice squad. Interesting. They had a roster spot come open. Unfortunately, Devin Duvernay has to go to IR with whatever the back injury is that he's dealing with, although the reporting yesterday suggested that he could be back for the playoffs. I, I have no idea like what the intent is for Malik Cunningham. Is the intent for him to be a receiver? Is the intent that he's here to be a quarterback? The Ravens of all teams, like the irony of maybe taking a former Louisville quarterback and saying, you're not a quarterback, you're not a quarterback yeah. would be kind of thick, I guess. I, I don't know what the plan, or you know, if he's on board with being a Weapon X type, with being a Cordell Stewart type, and they were perhaps interested in it, you know, coming out of the draft, and they said, we, if he's up for it, we'd like to consider that possibility. I'm not a fan of the gadget stuff. Like, that's what you do when you don't have someone who's good enough. That's, that's a high school thing, is gadget. Like, if you have a couple of gadget trick right. plays, it, like, if you trust Malik Cunningham enough to be on the field as a wide receiver to then pull out a gadget play that involves him throwing the ball as a wide receiver or off like a jet sweep, something like that, all good. But you've got to trust him enough to be on the field as a wide receiver. And we can giggle about this, but you actually have depth at wide receiver right now. Who's Malik Cunningham getting on the field over? Is he getting on the field over Nelson Aguilar? Right. I, there's no world. Nelson Aguilar has been... Remarkable. It's so hard to compare this, right? Because Odell Beckham to me has lived up to expectations, if not somewhat surpassed them. Nelson Aguilar to me has wildly surpassed expectations. And I get he's not been Odell Beckham, but my expectations for Nelson Aguilar were barely make the team. I, I, correct. Yeah. Were I, about what they were for Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> and he's been great in comparison to that. So. I don't. I just don't know how Malik Cunningham makes the field. So then the next question is, it is he here to be a quarterback? And Griffin and I talked about this yesterday after the news came out. I would argue Malik Cunningham's skill set might be even a little bit closer to Lamar's than Tyler Huntley's is. So that world where you say, hey, have quarterbacks that most closely resemble your starting quarterback when you're trying to build depth, Malik Cunningham certainly does not have Lamar Jackson's arm, but obviously Tyler Huntley doesn't either. I still don't think you're playing Malik Cunningham over Tyler Huntley. I guess the question becomes, is Josh Johnson the odd man out? Like, I can't fathom you're carrying four quarterbacks. And I guess that's why the question is, you know, are they're not going to use him as a quarterback, at least not this year, I guess. And... I, 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 look, I'm not trying to... I know, because it makes the, 
there's no one on this team that you're saying, yeah, let's give Malik Cunningham a shot over this guy. But he, has he done any returning? Uh, I saw somebody say point that out. I don't. I mean, definitely not in the NFL. Like, I mean, I can't imagine they had their starting quarterback returning kicks at Louisville. Yeah, I can't fathom that was something they ever did. I go back to his middle school days. You know, if this if this is about we're making a decision for next year that like next year. What I don't even know what Tyler Huntley's contract situation is. I believe he he's gonna be a free agent, I would think, right? Because let me go double check. Yes, yeah. Tyler Huntley's a free agent at the end of the year. If this is their way of saying we think someone is willing to pay actual money to Tyler Huntley, and I skeptical of that, but maybe it's any money at all, right? Like maybe in their world, and they're looking at their cap situation. What they're saying is, let's get Malik in here. Let's tell him, dude, you're going to be the backup quarterback next year. We're letting Snoop go dip into the waters. We're letting him find out if there's somebody that's willing to pay him $4 million next year to be a backup quarterback, and we just can't spend, in doing our cap structuring, we can't spend that much money on a backup quarterback because of what we're paying to our starting quarterback. Although the word is that the cap is going to go up pretty sizably again next year. Um, we can't spend any money at all, like any money, on a backup quarterback because of what we're paying Lamar. So what we're going to do is we're going to just let him find out. We love him, but we're going to let him find out if there's somebody that's willing to let him come in. You know, somebody who's drafting a quarterback that would like to have him as their walking buddy for the quarterback they draft or that's just willing to pay a little bit money for a backup quarterback because their quarterback isn't quite as good and they're not paying him. Whatever that situation is, we're going to let him go do that because we've just decided now we're not paying more than a you know a million or two bucks for a backup quarterback. We can't make that work. We have to pay minimums for backup quarterbacks given the amount that we're paying for Lamar. If that's the case then I could see this making a little bit of sense. I still don't know how you use them on your active roster, and maybe you just feel like you have an active roster spot to waste for a little while. Um, like, hey, you know, we we got to have some inactives on game days anyway. We might as well make one of them Malik Cunningham if he's going to be part of our plans then moving forward. It's probably not worth as much time as we've spent on it. It would be interesting to see if they try to figure out a way. I guess the only thing I wouldn't like... The only thing I'd be opposed to is them trying to force a gadget play to like justify Malik Cunningham being on the roster right now. Either either you like him enough to play him as a wide receiver or just leave it alone. That's what I would say. The, if the moment if you don't like him enough to play him regularly, then the moment he goes on the field, everybody on the other team says, "Huh, that's weird." The guy they won't play is suddenly out on the field. I wonder why that is. So the idea of, like, that feels forced to me, trying to create gadget plays for Malik Cunningham if he's not in your regular rotation of wide receivers. So it sounds like in New England, this is from Nesson.com, Zach Cox. He was uh, reporting mm-hmm. in, in August that uh, it sounds like over the summer, like OTAs and stuff, he was working out a lot with the wide receivers and was doing some occasional, like occasional kick returning. They were using me as a gunner as well, apparently. 
um, before they got to training camp, and then they were using him almost exclusively in the quarterback room. So, I mean, you know, uh, maybe, but I don't think that would. I don't think that he would go above any of the other return that that occasionally running around with the returners doesn't seem like it would put him. I, like, clearly, after what he did, Tylen Wallace gets to be the returner yeah. for now. I guess the question is, does he get to be kick returner? Like, I think he gets to be punt returner, obviously. I don't know who gets to be kick returner. Would that be Justice Hill, who would be the primary kick returner instead? I Like, that's the part I, I didn't pay enough attention. Maybe we learned that lesson, and I should I should feel silly. Who? Man. I only know that it was um, Tylen Wallace because he returned one for a punt or a touchdown. Who ended up taking the I'm kick? I'm fine with just fair cashing every single. Kick return or punt return? Um, I don't know. All of them. Okay. Maybe, I, mean, I guess not punt I think return, they want to try to. Yeah. I don't know. Kick um, returns, I mean, there's no reason to ever return one. We have to points. know who did the kick returning. We have to have the answer from that in the box score. I mean, it's quite possible, week. you know, yeah, they did fair catch it or because went through the end zone every time. So Yeah, they did. They But well, I guess we would have known who was lined up, but I wasn't paying attention. That's the problem is I just didn't. Um, just rewatch the game real quick. Yeah, I want you to go through the every play and find out who was lined up as the kick returner. Yeah, the, there was only one kick return during the day, game, and it was Devin Duvernay. So the box score can't give when us that When did Duvernay answer. go out? Uh, I'm not sure, but the opening the opening kickoff of overtime, he definitely wasn't on the field for, I don't okay. think. I don't think he was. I think he went out before that. So we can check on that. All right, any update, or are we just moving um, forward? There is no update. Yeah, we'll move forward. I, okay, here's what we're going to do. Either he's coming in now, we're going to give him, ask him if he wants to call him. Okay. We're, we're calling it one way or the other. We're, we'll take a break. We'll take a break. We can deal with this during break. Imagine getting stood up by Drew Forrester. Like, imagine that. And I just let it happen. Got to tighten up around these parts. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Visit Harford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by Superbook. Go right now to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. As Griffin pointed out, the number is, again, very small for tomorrow night. The total is 34 at Superbook. And if you, like Griffin, say, yeah, but it's it's the Raiders, they scored zero points, and Josh Jacobs didn't practice yet this week. And then the Chargers are starting, we think, Easton Stick. So I don't know how they're going to get to a combined 34 points. Now, again... What are we? Are we doing a double or nothing bet this week? What's the double or nothing? So if it like goes you, under, then you're. No, I'm not. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not the. No, you. I didn't make the bet last week. You this made is, me make the bet. Like, though. no, I didn't make you do anything. So what is double or nothing? Do? What is double I'm or nothing? I'm saying that, like, do? if you really are married to the unders, 
No, I'm not then, going in my underwear again if the under doesn't hit. Well, it was very popular. Uh, our friend Wendy from 98 Rock, I think, wants to come in and do a show with you in your <laughs> underwear. I think, I think you might have an admirer, in fact. I'd say you do the entire drinking show in your underwear. No. Come on, man. No. I'm already going to have to eat a pet toad. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> was, I don't know what that was all about. Um, come on. Don't know. Why not? No. I'll celebrate my Then what does this mean? Winnings. What is the point of any of this? It's a good question. I don't know. That's life? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Get to Superbook.com. Use that code Clark 23 when you sign up and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. I want you to think about being more sportly about this. <laughs> I already went. I understand. My but, last you, week. but then you're trying to get away with like, well, I'm, I, I'm going back to it, going back to the well, but you don't want to put anything on it. I want you to have to be in your I have as nothing well. to do with this. You were making me do I, it. No, I'm not. I'm not the primetime under guy. That's you. You're the guy who's all over the unders. That's you. Not me. I got nothing to do with that. I'd say bet. You know what? You know what advice I gave this week? I said bet the Titans. How did that work out? out Remember the Titans is what I said. It was. Uh, I came up with that concept. Wow, you came. I up did. With it. it was a hell of an idea. Should turn it into a book or maybe a movie or something. I'm gonna look into that. All right, uh, what's going on with him? Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. What? 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 Like, I thought you were supposed to be over here. I was, but uh, we, we're busy and we got stuff going on, and I got behind and yeah. So yeah. and then, and then uh, and, didn't I do a show in my underwear once? Uh, I think you did most of your the big, underwear. I think that was. Well, I didn't do most of them, but I didn't. I something happened once, and I said something dumb like, "If that happens, I'll do a show in my underwear." I think I did. You? I think I did a show in my underwear oh. way before Griffin did one in his. Well, Griffin might not have been alive then. You're a thousand years old. Um, right. I'm pretty sure I. I'm ninety percent sure I did. A I, show I don't know why. It, I, I I don't remember that, but I believe you. It's it's a bit. He's he's trying yeah. to turn it around on me and make it seem like I. He started the sentence. I said you should put something at stake because he was so enamored with the under in the the Steelers Patriots game last week. Should have hit. He was right. like he was and his sentence started this way like. Well, because it's the under, maybe my underwear. And I was like, oh, you'll do tomorrow's show in your underwear. And he was like, yeah, all right. right. And now he's trying to be like, oh, you forced me to do it. No, 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 no. The, ar- no. the Army-Navy under hit, right? No, it did not. Oh, because it was 27? Yeah. Yep. The safety at the end of the game was the difference uh, in the uh, the under-missing in the Army-Navy game. So uh, I he, love it. He's going back to the well for tomorrow night, but he won't, he won't put anything at stake for it. He's I had some obscure, I don't even know who it was because I, I was so despondent. I had some obscure game at 145 and a half two nights ago, and the final was like 78, you know, 77 or like, something like, like that. It was probably Cal Poly Grand Canyon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was something like 145 and a half was the total, and the final was 78-68. Just a reminder that if you like, were, it, it, if if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right. It's unbelievable. All right, so uh, what's what is anyway, this? You're doing a thing I'm, this week. I'm doing it right now. We're starting today. Okay. What is your thing? So, so we um, every year we do this event called Christmas for Everyone, where we get toys and clothing from all of our parishioners and students at school. And um, we then give them away to families in, in this 21286, 21234 neighborhood. And they come in for two days and basically shop. Well, that seems nice. So, that seems nice. Yeah, so that's what, yeah, so that's what we do. And um, 
we're getting ready to start here in another hour or so, and it'll be uh, chaotic for two days, and then all of our good deeds will be done, and we can go back to just well, frolicking and no, 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 no. We, you and I, still have good deeds <laughs> that we need to do. This is oh, this is the problem that I run into with you is I'm competing against other things you're trying to do in December. Um, right. We've got a big week. I got it all handled. Do do I you know. do you though? Do you have it all handled? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll meet you Wednesday. We got to do Monday first, Chief. Uh, I gotcha. I'll be there for that. It's we, a Chick Fil A, right? Yes. You know I'm coming for that's, that. That's a fact. All right, right. Monday night, Drew and I will be at Chick Fil A, Nottingham Square. Um, that's on Campbell Boulevard. It's not the one in the White Marsh Mall. Don't go to the one in the White Marsh Mall. We won't be there. I mean, you can go. I'm not going to, you know, maybe you'll have a nice night. But we won't be there, and neither will Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens is going to be with us at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square on Monday night. From the goodness of his heart, because, and I mean this, he's one of the best people I know. Michael Pierce said, I will be there. He doesn't want, in fact, when I told him I would pay him to do an appearance, Michael Pierce said, I don't want you to. I would, I would, he was like upset with the notion that I was going to pay him. Michael Pierce is just coming out to meet you guys in hopes that you will help us collect items that we need for helping up mission. So what we need you to do on Monday night, go do some Christmas shopping. Like at 5 o'clock, go over to Target there in White Marsh. Run inside, get some soap, some deodorant, some hair stuff, some... Actually, the, the men at Helping Up Nation, they need razors and shaving cream. Um, go get some, some un, you know, new underwear. And for men and for women, like they also need like pajamas and diapers too because they now have the women's shelter and there's kids that are there. Go over and buy at least $25 worth of that stuff. And then bring it over to Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, and you can get a picture, an autograph from Michael Pierce, who's in the midst of, you know, his best season in the NFL. If you can't make the time to stop over, we'll take a donation in the form of cash. You can either give us money or make a PayPal or a Venmo or a Cash App or something like that, and we will handle that as well. That's Monday night at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. We'll be there with Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens. Please make your plans right now to come join us. And we also ask that you share it with your friends this weekend. Like, that's, that's such a small thing. Please put it on your – I'm going to share it out today on Facebook and on Twitter. Please put it on your Facebook and your Twitter so that more people know that that's what we're doing so we can have a bigger crowd. Is there anything else that everybody needs to know about uh, next week? Mm, no. I mean, I think it's, it's always one of the more fun nights of the holiday season. A hundred percent. I'm looking forward to that. And bring your kids, bring your family, bring the whole thing. Um, it'll be a very And come hungry. Night. Yeah, correct. No doubt about it. Come uh, hungry so we can all eat Steve's food. That's correct. All right. What's, uh, what are you hot and bothered about this week? Well, uh, you know, just that whole overtime fiasco. What do you mean the fiasco? Well, not overtime. Oh, I'm sorry. All sides. Oh, the thing, the Kansas City Chiefs thing? Oh, yeah. Why are you Just hot out. and bothered about that? Well, why do you think? Oh, because did you bet on the game? I'm sorry. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kidding. So, so, I mean, I, so, I don't even know what people are upset about. Like, the dude lined up all sides, and, I, you know, I don't, I'm probably the same as most people. Like, I don't like seeing games impacted. By the way, that was not – they weren't winning for sure. Yeah, the Buffalo has got a lot of time left, yes, if they got the ball. Right, but – 
I get it. The dude lined up all sides. What you know? What? what well, I mean, I, what are you going to do? You're going to we're picking and choosing which calls these guys are going to make and not make. It, it, yeah, correct. The idea that like, well, something cool happened on the play, so we can't. We got to pick up that flag because it was cool. Like it's it's utter and complete nonsense. Um, and this is always it's always seen through the lens of your team. If that if if that happens against the Ravens, everybody's howling, saying should never a game shouldn't be impacted like that. And if it happens in favor of the Ravens, everybody's like, gotta make the call. But it, it, in the end, what do you what do you want these refs to do? Do you I, want them to call the game the right way, or do you? Well, that, or not? that's I've me. Seen enough, the, I've seen enough of them to know. Right. I, I'd rather them just call the game. By me, by far, that's the most hilarious part about all of this. The most hilarious part about all of this is: Do you know how wrong do you have to be for us to side with NFL officials in 2023? Like, how wrong is does Patrick Mahomes have to be about this? For us to find right. ourselves saying, you know who got this right? The NFL officials. Like, that's how wrong you have to be because they're terrible. And yet we're on their side on this one. I, yeah, I, dude, I'm with you. And then the fact, the other thing, too, is I, I, there's this, like, there's this group of people that think they're particularly smart that say, well, the way that you fix this is by blowing that play dead, right? Like, if you're going to call offensive offsides, which, as Terry McCauley pointed out on Sunday night, they're now calling – Apparently, they put an emphasis on it this year. I, I, I've wondered about this for a long time. Dude, I, I've looked at the neutral zone about a billion times and said, there's there's six guys offsides on certain plays. Like, like, we're not even close at this point. It's the weirdest thing that's going on in football in recent years. But if that's going to be an emphasis moving forward, this smart guy argument is just blow the play dead. But we don't do that on defensive offsides. We allow the offense to have a free play, Right. So why would we take away the opportunity for the defense to do the same thing? Why would like why would it be that on a play where maybe they get a sack and ca- cause a nine yard loss, we say, well, you're not allowed to have that opportunity because there was an offensive offsides and we're afraid that there's going to be a cool play that happens and then people are going to be mad that we took it away. Like I, th- dude, they they handled everything about that the right way that they should have and that I think we should want them to moving forward. It's a bummer because it was a neat play, but. That's that's what it is. Like, I, I, if if there's a cool interception return on a play where the defense was offsides, that gets wiped off too. Right. No, I mean I'm with you. Like, it's just it's baffling people. I mean, it's just the way it is. People pe- people just watch the game. We I just say this all the time. When Flacco got the ball knocked out of his hand by Palomalu, Flacco's got no field vision. Flacco right, choked, right. Flacco, whatever. And but if Suggs would have done that to Roethlisberger, Suggs, Suggs is a beast. Yeah, that's true. That's a hundred percent. Like we just right. We 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 just see the game. It's like the other day when that kid made that unbelievable catch on Humphrey, like an incredible catch. If that's OBJ, everyone goes to Twitter and talks about how right. much of a rock star he is. But when that kid makes that catch on Humphrey, Humphrey's washed. Humphrey sucks. Well, okay. It, yeah. it, it, it's unbelievable. He didn't have a great game in general, Marlon Humphrey. No, 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 no. I'm just using that. Yeah, I get it. I I'm get just using that as an example. Like, we, we always do that. We, no, yes. We, we see just it. Correct. We see it, we through, see it through our lens. And this is the problem. And I got to go because I got three people here yelling at me. Um. The, the thing I can't, make it I can't, I can't, yeah, right. I can't get over is if you, and, and most people that are on these social media platforms either portray as if they know sports or kind of come right out and say, I know sports. 
if you think you know sports and you watch these these games and this league, you you might as well at the beginning of the game, you might as well buckle up and say this thing's going down to the last three minutes. Because eighty five percent of them go down the last three minutes. They have a tendency to. They're, they're, they're very rarely are they ever thirty eight to ten. All right. Uh, before they're, before you run, somebody always has yeah. a chance. The Ravens are the one seed again. Are they going to finish as the one seed? Of course. What you, of course yeah. you say? You're yeah. very confident. That's a stroll. Yeah, they're strolling. They're strolling right in, and then it just depends on. I've already gone into the playoff machine and plugged all the teams in. I got Denver playing Kansas City in the first round, and then you never know what happens there. We might see Denver here. Um, I, you you are far more confident about it than I am, but uh, I appreciate that. Well, right. I bet you a Chinese lunch, another one. Yeah, I was going to say you already owe us one. When we get in that, I bet you. I bet you another one. Uh, double or nothing. <laughs> you want to go? Yep. I, I'm not the I betting. Just go twice. I'm not the betting type myself. All right. Uh, well, uh, we're on. I'm not. I'm not. I actually. I actually think they're going to get the one seed, but like we'll talk about that. Oh, all right, I'll take the other way then. I'll say they won't. <laughs> they're very good. Done. Chinese lunch <laughs> on that. Uh, Monday night, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Come join us. Michael Pierce is going to be there. It's going to be a great night. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Talk to you then. All right. See you. Bye. That's Drew Forrester. Drewsmorningdish.com with us. All right, let's get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. Um, number one, would you rather? I've seen the future. The Ravens are the number one seed. Would you rather their potential path to the Super Bowl be Kansas City and Jacksonville or Miami and Buffalo? Um, man, Kansas City and Jacksonville. I think, um, I think I would rather Miami and Buffalo. Why? This is where you like. I I know you're new to this, but when you do a show. Um, it's yes and because Miami, the- uh, I don't know because because Buffalo Miami they haven't you know I mean I, I Buffalo's obviously made a couple AFC championships um, but you know they haven't kind of won won it I I don't know why I'm more scared of Trevor Lawrence it's mostly because Patrick Mahomes is only, is in the other option um, it's but, an, it, this but is but Trevor very- Lawrence had that crazy comeback last year mm-hmm. um, so you know against that, the Chargers against to be the fair. Chargers Brandon Staley Chargers yeah. um, but uh, you know that's still in the back of my mind and plus it's Patrick Mahomes so to avoid Patrick Mahomes I would uh, I would take that route Buffalo you know they don't look this they don't look they still don't look right obviously they got to win I, that I they think they needed. look more right than Kansas City does at the moment I don't know Kansas City still has Patrick Mahomes I, they I don't know if you heard they played on Sunday. The game happened in well, Kansas City. Well, now Patrick knows that, he has, to, that he has to line up his wide receivers himself. That's the problem. He's not going to have new wide receivers by the time well, we no, get to the playoffs. No, he's going to have to make sure he, like, this you is know. The, it's, it's when funny Brady's like, Gronk, stand up. Because he's going to say, Tony, back up. Two weeks ago, even a week ago, I probably would have said the same thing. I've continued to do with, like, the until Patrick Mahomes is dead, I would rather not play Patrick Mahomes. But we, at some point, have to acknowledge what's happening there. It ain't right Plus Miami, there is a problem. It's banged up in Kansas City. I mean, what's they I, lost their center for the year? I'm not, that Tyreek might not. I mean, we don't know what Ty, what's going to happen with Tyreek. Yeah, if I knew Tyreek Hill was out, I would feel str- much yeah. more strongly about that. Without knowing that, like can't, also Miami, they they seem to do good. The Ravens seem to do good in these kind of revenge games, like the Tennessee. Like when they look, beat Tennessee, I believe the term you're looking for is well. They do. They yeah, do well. They do well. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. 
But like when I think about the Titans game, and then they came back the next year and beat the Titans in the playoffs. You know, they, they last time they played Buffalo at Buffalo, they you know they looked really bad. So I, I would think that would be in, still that in the back of the like mind. Like five years ago, that was uh, let's and see, the game wouldn't be in Buffalo this year. It, well, the game. I mean, it's still gonna be the Buffalo Bills, and Lamar Jackson played I, that game. I under, and lost to the Bills in horrible wins. And because J.K. Okay, Dobbins so whiffed gonna, on so a block, they're just going to accept that loss. They're just going to be I don't, accepting so of that you, loss. You just think that that's going to fire them up? Yeah. I guess maybe. Yeah, it will. Wow. I want. I wow. want the Bills. You're Give me the Bills confident. in Baltimore. What, very, when is it? January twenty seventh or something. Very, very confident 28th. about that. Um, this one then is. You call me. This one is split. This one is split. Uh, John Proctor, Casey, and Jacksonville. I think. Miami offense is dangerous. We owe the Jags for last year still. Make them come here. Um, it's hilarious. These are back-to-back tweets that I got from J- JT. Miami and Buffalo easily. From Mark, obviously Kansas City and Jacksonville. It's like... I, it is obvious. It's not obvious in any way. That's the reason why it works as a Would You Rather Wednesday question, and we're getting split answers. If it I, was... I do understand that there will be people that will constantly um, just just Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Like I understand the people that feel that way. And of all of the players on either of these teams that you'd be facing... I would agree. He's the best player. Although this year, Tyreek Hill is better. Should we say, what if we say the Ravens are the two seed and then you throw in Browns, Steelers? We're not doing that, Griffin. <laughs> We're setting up Would You Rather Wednesday. I'm, tr- I'm setting up the another scenario- Would You Rather. No. No. Would you rather the Chiefs, I tell you Steelers, what, next Jags. week. Next week, if all of the primetime unders hit this week, you can set up Would You Rather Wednesday. All right? All right, deal. If all of them hit. What are we counting Saturday? We just we're, just the prime out just okay. the the late the night game. Okay, just the eight o'clock. So we do Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday. Monday. Four four primetime games this week. Got to go four for four. If the unders go four for four, would no, you rather? What if, what if we do a, like a primetime under teaser? No. <laughs> Why not? What do you want? You want an additional point on all of the games? I'll give you one more point. <laughs> one more point. No, I take that back. Too hard to follow. We're making <laughs> it too difficult. You got to go four for four on the unders, and then Would You Rather Wednesday right. is yours. Come number on, two. Number two. Would you rather go into 2024 with Bryce Young as the quarterback of your favorite team or with Tommy Cutlets DeVito as the quarterback of your favorite team? Um. So we're, we're, we, we don't know what, the, what team it is? Nope. Okay. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. You have to go with Bryce Young. You don't have to go with Bryce Young. I think you, you do. don't have to go with Bryce Young. This is the problem. Bryce Young has That's been such an offensive player of the week. I understand that. Tom and I'm 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 doing this a little tongue in cheek, but it's also a little bit to point out like what an unmitigated disaster the Bryce Young thing is at the moment. What you're falling back on is, well He's the number one overall. Like we, we we somebody else should give him a chance. You know, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I mean Josh Rosen. What I get it, he might not have been the number one overall pick, but there's got to be something there with Bryce Young. Like it's can't dude, be. it is an unmitigated disaster. It genuinely and it doesn't feel like it's you know all his fault. I mean, it has been a very I mean, it's very now multiple head coaches. Situation. It's now I if you want to say into. the Panthers organization is yeah, toxic, yeah. that's fine. But like, dude, you're still on the field. 
<coughs> like, I don't think David Tepper can control what happens on the football field. He went 13 for 36 on Sunday. Dude, he, it's unmitigated. <laughs> we have rarely, we're not really talking about it, because why would you talk about a ter- terrible team? But it really does become a question to me of, there's, there's only 32 jobs available, so someone's going to take the job. But, like, if a coach you want is in play for any other job, this is really the conversation. It's not clearly Tommy DeVito is not going to be the Giants quarterback next year, and I don't think they're moving on from Brian Dable. But the measurement is what what would the comparison be? Think about all the jobs that could become available this offseason. Would you rather have Bryce Young or would you rather have Justin Herbert? But that's an obvious one. Yeah. Like the, the Chargers job will probably be the most desirable job there is. Because they have a proven commodity at quarterback. Did they say Ben Johnson was interested, or he's just, I guess, the Panthers' top pick. Well, I don't think that they Ben Johnson would be willing to talk about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, that would be very bizarre if Ben Johnson was openly talking about another job. Like, what a weird bit that would be. Um, if you if you were you know if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick as reported, would you rather have a drafted quarterback or Bryce Young? I mean, Patriots will probably be the number two pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, you obviously want the Patriots. <laughs> Plus, it's would you rather have a no, an organization that is? Would known you rather for, have? Would you rather go to Carolina and have Bryce Young, or go to Washington, where either it's going to be Sam Howell or a drafted quarterback? Um, probably Washington. I feel like ownership will still will be more behind you as well. Yeah, in Washington, I I just I think it's. That, the, Any this of the is where other I, NFC South I, teams. I, I know it's a little silly, but when we say it has to be Bryce Young, I don't agree with you. I think we have to acknowledge that the Bryce Young thing might might be kind of poisonous. Somebody's going to take a chance and is going to have that opportunity, but I mean, it's, it's bad, man. I it sucks for him. Who for Bryce Young? Yeah. Like I feel like, I or mean, he he's is, just not good. I, I sometimes guys are just too, not good. It's been 12, 13 games. I understand that, but it's one thing if he was disappointing. This isn't disappointing. This is borderline incompetent. Like that's his. I mean, he's got no one around him. He's got no offensive line. Adam Thielen is a thirty. How old is Thielen now? Thirty-one. Yeah, Adam 32. Thielen was pretty good. He was good. Yeah, when he was when Bryce Young was able to you know get the ball out on time. Like when I, he had time back there, I, I can't, slightly, I can't, a little bit of time. I, I think you're, Bryce you're Young, making Bryce Young is de- for Bryce, Bryce Young, Young is definitely the answer to this. You say you keep using the word definitely because he, he definitely he is. He's the number one overall you, pick. That's just what he, you're falling back on. Is so that means that he has to be because of where he, he was is picked. Still lead this higher. is one of the problems that we. That it, it, by the way, this is a a big talking point in the football right now, which is what you're saying is hurting teams. The way that we are viewing players because of where they were drafted <coughs> has been a problem for a long time, right? Like, that we have to stick it out with this guy because he was a high draft pick, whereas this guy who's actually been a better football player, we might end up allowing to walk because he wasn't a higher draft pick. It's a problem that has faced football teams for a very long time. And it will continue. And it's, I mean... that's, that's the problem. But you have to acknowledge it's a problem. You're saying it like it's the way it should be. It shouldn't be that way. You should just pick the best football players. If, if I was the Chargers right now, and you know, for some reason Bryce Young and Devito were available, I mean, I think I think you have to give Bryce Young a shot. I think everybody, I think all these teams would be inclined to give Bryce Young the shot. 
I say all of them. I don't know if all of them would be. I think most of them would be inclined. I bet there are some teams that say, dude, we never would have had, we would have in a million years never drafted Bryce Young because of his size. We would have just never drafted someone that size to be our quarterback. And we never will. Like, I think there will be teams that will eternally say that. We'll yeah. just say, unless, if you're not big enough, we don't care how much skill you have. You're never going to be our quarterback. Number three, would you rather? You're Mike Vrabel. So you're interested DeVito? Mm. Nah, it's probably Bryce Young. Uh, Unbelievable. It's not definitely, though. I think it That's the absurd part be. about it. Uh, you're Mike Vrabel. Would you rather remain the Titans coach next offseason with Will Levis as your quarterback or go home to New England, likely with Drake May as your quarterback? Wow. There that's probably, a, that's a... By the way, we have to point out there would probably have to be a trade, so you'd probably have to give up like a 2025 first rounder in the process. That's nuts. Yeah, that's a tough one. But you keep, yeah, I mean, you keep your 24 first. Yeah, you use that. You're not giving up the number two overall pick. <laughs> For Mike Rabel. Yes, that's not <laughs> happening. Um, Man. Yeah. I think if you're in New England, you got to find and figure out how to do it. Oh, I think New England's going to be heavy after Mike Vrabel this off. If they really um, are moving on from Belichick, which we would assume. Gosh. That is that is tough. I mean, mm. you know, it's Will Levis just, I don't know. Will Levis probably better than, like I, I, I don't know why, but my comparison is Kenny Pickett. You know, I guess that back end. First round, I guess he was what twentieth overall. But it, like, it feels like you know Will Levis just kind of has that you know that 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 indescribable uh, quality of just you know you want to say he's a gamer that kind of thing. Um, but I think probably New England. You going home? Yeah, I'm gonna go home. And you feel like you could be that guy, two, conquering yeah. hero, like yeah. Matt Judon will be back next year. You got you, the, the, there's pieces. Yeah, but you still don't really. You say there's pieces. There really aren't pieces. There really aren't. They have no receivers. They have no like Mario Douglas. Sure, they have no receivers. Just lost Malik Cunningham. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there really aren't pieces there. It's a rough. Juju. I guess he, I don't know what deal. How long was his deal? I have deal? no idea. He signed more than one year. It's bad, man. It's bad. That's the only thing I would point out. Like that's. I don't know how many like pieces for the future they have in Tennessee, because. Derrick Henry probably can't keep doing this for another five years. DeAndre Hopkins probably can't keep doing this for another three years. Like, that's the – you could argue there's not really that many pieces. Plus, it kind of gives you a fresh slate somewhere yeah. where, like, the heat's no longer on you. I think I'm probably with you, and I would go ahead and get out and try to go back to New England where, again, you show up beloved on day one and get maybe a little bit new more – Get a greater, all of your guys. A honeymoon yeah. phase there, if you will. All right, uh – Hey, what the hell? We'll go ahead and do number four, and we'll just okay. we'll take a break after Ryan leave. Okay. Number four is: Would you rather Gunnar Henderson will sign a ten-year extension tomorrow? All right, but only if you're willing to consume one meal every week during that deal, prepared by TikTok chef weirdo Barfly seven seven seven. Are you familiar with his work? I I am not. I have to eat. What of his? I have to eat. Uh, one one, one meal every week for the, for the entirety of the deal. He or? prepares all of his meals in bathrooms. Oh God! Clean bathrooms? Yeah. You could look if you'd like. Oh God! I shared his Instagram. Oh, what the heck is TikTok's not loading? I mean, you could look. I think his Instagram has the same videos. I think if you need French onion. Mm, yeah, that looked tasty. Soup. Boy, that looked. That looked appealing. His bathroom looks clean-ish. Um, 
Okay, so what's the what's the deal? I have to. You have to eat one meal every week prepared by that guy, and you get Gunnar Henderson to sign a ten year deal, or you just take your chances. One week for how long? The ten years. Ten years. The ten years. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. Why does he do this? I don't know. I guess so. We talk about it. Yep. <laughs> let me watch one more of his. Uh, let me let me find something. He did one on an airplane. Apparently, he Who? made he made shrimp and mashed potatoes in an airplane oh, bathroom. No. What is he doing? Yeah. Oh, this is hotel uh, oh, ribs. Man, I, oh, the ribs. Yeah, that didn't look great either. The the and hotel he uses the the bat like the little yeah, the little trash can that. Is, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Ew! And he puts the meat right. Yeah, on I'm the aware. Counter. I'm aware. I'm not gonna be able to see the duration of Gunner's deal. Like, I'm gonna die from. Well, he's not dead yet. Ew! Okay, you have to answer the it... question because we got to call Ryan Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's sign Gunner. <laughs> Sometimes a hero. I mean, sometimes a hero comes. Oh, let along. me see what the final Thanks product Griffin. of these ribs at least looks like. Will it look appetizing? The Come ribs on. were the ones actually that looked better than some of the other ones did. On, the, on that mac and cheese, damn. I mean, I you know, right. If you walked in here, I would say no, I'm not eating that. But yeah, to sign Gunner. I was gonna say because that's actually gonna be our next side bet is that we have to make a bathroom meal. Oh God. Okay. Uh, uh, Proctor said he watched the airplane bathroom one. I watched that one too. That one was no. Oh, God. No. What did he make in the airplane? He made shrimp and mashed potatoes. Yeah. No. Solid mashed no potatoes. on that one. All right. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. It has also been brought to you by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday night following Ravens Jaguars. Come hang out with me and Rita and Femi and perhaps. Probably KZ, Josh Charles, Andrew Stecka, the whole crew. We'll see. It's a night game, so sometimes not everybody can stay up to hang out with us for those. But come join us. We'll be with you. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online. Pressboxonline.com slash Game Day. Project Game Day is brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you Sunday night for Project Game Day. That's, of course, after Ravens-Jaguars. And speaking of Ravens-Jaguars, our next guest will be on the call for Ravens-Jaguars on Westwood One. He is former NFL quarterback, Mr. Ryan Leaf, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, you bet. Yeah, excited for this game for sure. Yeah, this is a pretty good one, right? Like, not every game is made equal. This one's a lot of fun. I I guess – I'll start generically. The Ravens are now the one seed in the AFC, and everybody here is very excited. They have a very difficult schedule in front of them. Given how they're playing, how confident are you at this point that the Ravens are the team to beat in the AFC? Uh, well, I've had them as a team to beat in the AFC for quite a while. In fact, I had them playing in the AFC championship game before the season started. So this was I, I just thought the Todd Munkin – uh, Lamar Jackson relationship was going to blossom. And, and it certainly has. There's been some things that have happened along the way. Of course, the Mark Andrews injury, but I, I've always liked Isaiah Likely and what he contributed uh, coming out of Coastal there uh, last year. So I thought he would be able to fit in. And I was just, you know, so pleasantly surprised with the defense and how well they're playing. Jadavian Clowney, I don't think anybody saw That's that coming. Right. Maybe he just he, he put number 24 on and it was all of a sudden like, yeah, I'm younger, I'm faster, I'm skinnier. This is how it works. Um, yeah, I, I still think they are the team to beat in the AFC, but you're right. The schedule gets daunting. I, I actually thought this game uh, with the Jags was going to be for the number one seed, but the Jags did not uh, comply with two big losses over the last two weekends. And then, uh, 
and then having to go out to San Francisco. I, you can't fault the Ravens going out there and getting beat. Just a matter of whether they have that Dolphins game on New Year's Eve, which which will be for the the AFC's number one seed ultimately. And if everybody has to go through Baltimore, I think it's going to be really really difficult for any team in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl if they have to do that. Ryan, I I wonder. I feel like there's people in Baltimore that would say th- this doesn't look perfect, right? Like they have been a flawed team. They have allowed teams like the Colts and the Steelers to hang around long enough that they were able to beat them earlier in the year. And then even on Sunday, they, they, they struggled. They were far from perfect in a loss to the Rams, or a win over the Rams, sorry. And I, I feel like I found myself saying, hey, I get it. I get why you might have some concerns. They haven't looked. But it feels like that's also kind of the NFL in 2023, right? Like outside of when the 49ers have been totally healthy, um, there, there aren't perfect teams it's felt like everyone is kind of flawed and you the goal is to be the best of that group correct i i I agree with you i also will say this look around the 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 landscape of the nfl this weekend the dolphins you know found a way to lose to tennessee who has been awful on the road and then you have the giants find a way to win against the packers team that all of a sudden was in the playoff hunt and had a chance to even run and, 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 uh, and threaten the lions and they don't get it done. The difference is, is this Ravens team didn't do what they've done earlier in this year by finding a way to lose to the Browns or finding a way to, to, to absolutely, you know, throw a win out the window against the Steelers. I don't know that that game should have been, I don't know, 31 to, to 10, ultimately that game. Instead they lose 17 to 10 in the Colts game too. Earlier in the year, they lose that Rams game. They don't find a way to do it on special teams and get in the end zone with Wallace on that, on that touchdown. They don't, they don't figure that out. And I think that shows that this team has continued to get better and then they find ways to win those types of football games. I think that's the evidence that we saw this weekend in comparison to the say that Miami, right, they were in the same type of boat as uh, the Ravens were, and they found a way to lose it. And those are the types of things that you need to see happen at home against a, 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 an opponent that is not up to your standards of talent and caliber this year. And they give you everything, but you still find a way to win it. And that's the difference. And that's what I thought was the difference on Sunday for this, uh, for this Ravens team. He is Ryan Leaf. He is with us here on GCR. He'll be on the call Sunday night for Westwood One as the Ravens take on the Jaguars. Um, Ryan, you mentioned Todd Munkin earlier. Can can you you know put your finger on what exactly he's done for Lamar Jackson for this offense? Because like I, I I do I I like Todd Munkin and I think there's been a lot of good things. I I wonder you know how much of it is him? How much of it is just the Ravens finally putting wide receivers on the field for a chance? Like I, there was a moment and we've talked about it a couple times in Sunday's game. The third and 17 touchdown to Zay Flowers was excellent. But part of that play is Nelson Aguilar, and we learned afterwards, coming to the, the, the huddle and saying, I'm going to take the cornerback out wide with me. I'm going to force him out there. So that's going to open up your lane to throw to Zay Flowers in the end zone. And I kept thinking to myself, my God, Nelson Aguilar is the fourth receiver on this team. And we are, we're so used to the fourth receiver on the Ravens being – you know, a seventh-round pick that never gets another look in the NFL at some point. Like, how much of it is Munkin? How much of it is finally, like, putting together a really competent group of receivers for Lamar Jackson to work with? 
that that certainly helps. Don't get me wrong. But this is all Todd Munkin. Okay, this this is all what this offensive coordinator has done. Coming back from the NFL, going to Georgia and winning exactly with what he has here. He's, uh, you know, and this is not a this is not a slight on any of those wide receivers. Zay Flowers has been exceptional. Odell Beckham Jr. has come along. Rashad Bateman, you know, he struggles with the uh, you know the ball in the air sometimes. Lamar would be doing this in this offense with whoever he had out at wide receiver. Seriously. Todd Munkin's offense allows for someone like Nelson Aguilar to know in that moment because they practiced it during the week and they've seen it on film and the way Todd coaches them up on everything that gives them the freedom to do something like that in that moment to win. And uh, I I would argue that these wide receivers have relatively uh, underperformed Uh, the fact that, that, Lamar only has 16 touchdown passes this year. It leads me to believe these guys are not getting the plays when they need to. There's been a bunch of drops. Um, so, you know, th- as far as this team goes, is it's going to be as far as Todd Munkin and Lamar Jackson uh, take this team. This wide receiver group has to be better down the stretch if they expect to win a Super Bowl or get back to a Super Bowl. Um, Ryan, we were uh, talking in our last segment about, you know, like who else is scary. And it's funny because I- – I do a silly like "Would you rather" Wednesday thing. It's one of those dumb radio bits that we do, and and you're you're a radio <laughs> guy now, so you understand this. Oh yeah. Um, and we were talking about potential opponents, and the, the the I laid out the path that the Ravens are the number one seed. Would you rather their path to the Super Bowl be uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City, or would you rather it be uh, Miami and Buffalo? And it was interesting because it was very split the responses that we got. You know, as you would imagine, there's still a lot of people that think the ultimate trump card is Patrick Mahomes, right? Like one of these teams is Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to face that guy in the playoffs, and I'm I don't know how to feel about that because I've I've felt that way a long time for a long time. But like it it ain't right. There's something wrong there. I feel like we have to acknowledge that. Where are you with whether Kansas City is still a major threat? It once they get to the postseason, just because Patrick Mahomes is breathing versus the wide receiver thing is so bad and it's become such a mess that even he might not be able to overcome it this year. Yeah, man, don't wish that. You do not want to see the Slim Reaper, okay, out there uh, or whatever the, whatever Andy Reid calls him. Yeah. You, know, you do not want to see Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, okay? If you can avoid him at all costs, do it. You do not want to see him. Guy does not know how to lose playoff games, really. He, he, doesn't, he, may, he may not know what it's like to, to – to play a playoff game away from Arrowhead, that would be the first for him this year, if that's yep. the case. But you do not want to see him, okay? If you can avoid him, avoid him. Uh, and it's not just him. It's Andy Reid, too. Andy Reid is part of that conversation. This is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. If, by chance, his wide receivers step up a little bit, yeah, they're a problem because you look at all their losses this year. You can look at every single game and you can pull a play. If it goes one way differently, they are on the winning side of it. There is a real chance that they are 12 and one right now, if not for some of these drop balls. And if that's evidence for you to believe that when you get into playoffs, the receivers will continue to do the same thing. I get it. We've seen evidence of it all year long. The only game they have been out of this year is that Denver Broncos game. And it was when Patrick Mahomes was ill. So yeah, you do not want to see that dude. You do not want to see that dude in the playoffs because uh, if all things are equal, 
you're going to get beat by him, and 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 that's the problem. It feels like a big if, though, when you bring up the receivers, right? <laughs> like it feels like a big if for if they can get going. We we've been sitting here saying that for like weeks, and it's just it's just not. Yeah, but happening. the thing is, but the thing about it is, they've been in every game with that. You yeah, know, that's fair. and you right. saw how they stepped. Up. You yeah. saw how they stepped yeah. up in the Super Bowl. I mean. They were the difference. Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. The reason they won the Super Bowl was because of Kadarius Tony. So it, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility when you've got to get you know three games to get back to the Super Bowl. If they go in as a wild card with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you don't think he has a playoff scheme, a playoff offensive play call sheet that's going to be uh, you know incredibly different than what anybody has seen all year long. Yeah, this is. You know, do not get overconfident with the fact that these wide receivers have been just as inept as you can be it's fool's gold and 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 don't let don't fall into that trap go into the game thinking oh my god we have to play our best possible game to beat this chiefs team or it's just it's not going to be possible don't fall for that fool's gold in the in this situation guys who's your mvp right now ryan uh brock purdy brock purdy's my mvp by far that's Uh, right now he's the best player in the nfl how do you okay how do we measure that against how they looked when he didn't have those guys around i i right i i know i'm talking to a quarterback right so i understand what i'm up against when i try to make this argument i i watch the dolphins game on monday night and i look i i'm not a tyreek hill fan in any way i i kind of tend to dislike the guy from some of the stuff that we know about him that's happened away from the field but what what they look like when he's on the field versus when he's off the field, like jumps off the page to me. Whereas Brock Purdy looked like a different guy when his guys were out than when they were on the when they are on the field. How do we measure those things when we talk about the MVP race? Yeah, the only guy that was out was Debo Samuel. You know that was the only guy that was out besides Trent Williams up front. I mean, right. as terms of skill position, but he still had Christian McCaffrey. He still had. Brandon Ayuk, he still had George Kittle. He still had all those guys. Juwan Jennings is a great player. So, yeah, every great quarterback has had a great supporting cast. The reason they are great is because the quarterback facilitated that. You look back at the 49ers teams of Joe Montana and, and, uh, and Steve Young, right? Jerry Rice, you know, Taylor. Uh, you know, you, you got uh, Brent Jones, Roger Craig. I mean, those – Roger Craig is this version of, of Christian McCaffrey. I mean – I, I can't get over how people get lost with all that stuff right now. Uh, of course, Tyreek Hill's good. He changes the game because of his speed. So, yeah, it's going to be a difference maker out there. But two is also very good at getting in the ball. There is a, uh, a relationship built there. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into this idea that these players are, are making the, the guy. The guy facilitating everything to these players is the one that is irreplaceable. I mean, why wasn't, uh, why wasn't Trey Lance able to do this? Why wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo able to do this? And those three games, I also attribute to the fact that he had a concussion and no one did anything about it. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's that a was... big part in all of this for me. That, and it continues to be. You know, oh. Guys are trying to make their stamp. They want to be out on the field, but you can't walk away from the fact that he had a concussion. And, um, and he tried to play. And those three games span, all of them, everybody was hurt. Nice. And what we've seen since and before that, I think it's a really good relative data point to what Brock Purdy brings to the table. All right, before we let you go, you, you mentioned the other side of Sunday night's game is, of course, the Jaguars. And 
I, I, I fear that maybe in Baltimore we're being too dismissive of them because of what's happened the last couple of weeks. How do you, I, you know, clearly they didn't have Trevor Lawrence at the end of the game two weeks ago, but he played most of that game and they still figured out a way to lose. And, I, you know, Jake Browning looked really good. Um, and then, you know, once he was back out on the field, we were like, oh, well, I guess they're going to be fine. And then they turn around and lose last week. What, what's going on with the Jaguars right now beyond the health of Trevor Lawrence? Well, I mean, I don't. Did you expect them to go into Cleveland and play on the lake in the weather and and with a banged up Trevor Lawrence and win that game? I don't know. I, that's that's the bigger question. Yeah, yeah I had no. I, no, if, if it, you know, if you had if you had money money on it, you 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 certainly wouldn't have thought that. I had I had no hope that that the Jags were going to go in there with that defense mm-hmm. that Cleveland has and what I saw from Joe Flacco against the Rams the week before. Guy can still sling it, and that's exactly what he did. Um, the pass defense for the Jags is what is suspect. So the wide receivers for, for Baltimore, they have to have a day. I mean, they have to have a day. That back end is banged up. You had Campbell and Cisco and Herndon all kind of banged up. And so, you know, you're going to be going after guys, you know, rookies like Antonio Johnson uh, out of Texas A&M. Um, those are, those are the, the positions you're going to have to attack because Josh Allen and Devin Lloyd, Javon Walker, they're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to make him, um, you know, do things he doesn't want to do, but the back end of this defense has to be special. Uh, and if they're not, uh, then, then Flowers and Odell and, and uh, that group, they're going to have a day. And that's what's going to be the difference in this football game is, is how the wide receiver position for Baltimore steps up to the table. Because, you know, Lawrence and ATN and this offense, though they're going to be without Christian Kirk, they're still going to get their they're going to get their yards. They're going to get their points. It depends on what the turnover aspect is. They, you know, Lawrence threw three touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions in that mm-hmm. game. So if they don't turn it over, uh, this game could be very very tight down the stretch on the road. Really important game in terms of uh, you know the positioning for Jacksonville because they've come back to the pack in the AFC South. Uh, the Colts are right there. The Texans, if you know they didn't go up to New York and lay an egg. They were right there. So, I mean, the Jags are still trying to figure out how to win their division, where just two weeks ago they were thinking about being the number one overall seed. He is Ryan Leaf. Uh, at Ryan D. Leaf on Twitter is how you follow him. And, of course, the game Sunday night on Westwood One. And then, Ryan, what else can we plug for you, man? Uh, well, I'll be hosting uh, Good Morning Football. I'm filling in for Peter Schrager tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, do that uh, weekly now, usually. And then I have my own, uh, I have my own show with uh, the Fanatic Sportsbook. Uh, Fanatics just uh, bought us uh, um, about uh, two months ago, and uh, I got my own show there called The Straight Line with Ryan Lee. You can catch it every day on YouTube and all along my socials. Um, yeah, so we're having a lot of fun. And just had a little baby girl. Oh, congratulations, so she brother. She is keeping us up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome, dude. Congratulations. That's very, very cool. Uh, happy holidays. Thank you. Ryan, really appreciate you taking the time for us. I've always enjoyed our conversations. Always appreciate your candor and your openness, particularly on social media, about topics that are difficult for a lot of people to understand. Um, and I hope you know that, well, that. I appreciate that. That that means a lot, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and we'll talk again soon, all right? You bet. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Ryan Leaf with us here on GCR as he gets ready for Sunday night and uh, Ravens-Jaguars on Westwood One. Stan the Fan Variety Show back this week. He, Ross, and Luke got together on Monday night. And if you missed it, you can find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Also always at... Um, 
uh, pressboxonline.com slash video as well. Stan Ross and Luke, usually every Monday, late afternoon, talking baseball with you uh, throughout the course of the off season. When we come back in, uh, we've got a new print issue of Pressbox, and I want to show it to you, and we'll talk a little bit about it as it has hit newsstands today. Still to come this hour, Pamela Wood from the Baltimore Banner will try to make more sense of the lease and everything that's going on with the Orioles. So that's all coming up as we continue along here on GCR. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 19th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest 
located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. This is an interesting response from Chris. Chris says, Glenn, the way that you asked the question about Bryce Young versus Tommy DeVito is interesting to me. I don't think either one of them are NFL quarterbacks, but if I had to have one as my quarterback for next year, as a fan, I'd rather it be the guy that's fun. If you had Bryce Young as your quarterback next year, all you'd be measuring is disappointment. The fact that this guy was number one overall pick and he's not good enough and it's a failure for everybody involved in the organization. Tommy DeVito won one game on Monday night and everybody up there is having the time of their lives. He's got a fun personality. You could get through for a year, understand you're not going to be very good, but yet you'll have a good time with it and then get a real quarterback afterwards. Yeah, I mean, if you've completely written both of them off, right, then that's probably a fair way of looking at it. That it's more fun right now to have lower expectations. And I'm trying to think of what the circumstances would be if, you know, in this hypothetical situation that we're presenting for Would You Rather Wednesday. If you were the New if the New England Patriots took on Bryce Young as their quarterback next year, would you still view him through the prism of being the number one overall pick? I I, I can't. I don't know what you would have to trade in order to equate. That's the difficult part about this sort of silly hypothetical is if he would cost as much different. Like, like if, if he was just cast off by the Panthers, like if he just got the Panthers, just got rid of him, which would be insane. And you could sign him for next to nothing. Then it's probably not the same burden that you feel as a fan watching him play next year. But if this hypothetical scenario is you're a fan of the Panthers and the Panthers didn't just spend the number one overall pick on the guy, but now don't have what would be the number one pick this year because of the guy, there's no way you're having fun. There is no... It is... Like, it's hell. It... Your skin crawls thinking about it. As a fan. And I do think that perspective is relevant in the conversation, right? Whereas... Who the hell cares if Tommy DeVito loses? He's Tommy DeVito. His family's giving out chicken cutlets in the parking lot before the game. But if you gave up this year, this you would have the number one pick in the you would be preparing to select Caleb Williams. But you gave that up to get Bryce Young. It would be almost impossible. Like it, I think that's a that's a really interesting perspective to have in this conversation about this hypothetical. So, so, the, hypo- so the hypothetical is, uh, or he's looking at it like you're gonna suck. So it's like, how do you you want to enjoy sucking, or like, can you find any fun in yeah. sucking? Versus, I, dude, like I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be a Panthers fan right now. It it is. It is something even a step beyond hell because it's a hell you don't think you can escape. Now, in fairness, I mean, think about like we you. thought the Broncos were in hell a year ago and couldn't escape it, right? Like it's this is football and things can change. You're you're harder pressed to find who's 
the guy that looked this bad in recent years come up with someone that looked awful? I mean, just looked completely lost that was able to get it back together? Not Sam Darnold. I mean, who is the guy that just looked... And was able to come back? Incompetent. And was able to then figure it out in the next couple of years? Um, I mean... Not uh, Baker really didn't do anything. He wasn't yeah, Baker. He actually looked yeah, better no. then than he looked in most of the rest of his career, and he hasn't really ever gotten it back. He's just been. He's just kind of been. We, he's just kind of been. What he's he been is. allowed to keep playing despite the fact that he's not really good enough. Um, it ain't Mitchell Trubisky. Flacco. <laughs> not at all. What are you talking about? He's back. No, but he didn't start his career looking incompetent. Oh, okay, I see. I see. Okay, I see. What are you talking about? I'm talking about like maybe you know the couple of seasons before. No, I'm saying one. who's the yeah, guy yeah, yeah. whose no, career I see, I began see that was a highly regarded quarterback that like I, and I'm and f- yeah they just looked awful. I mean atrocious. But you know, changed the coach, changed the whatever, and somebody else figured it out with that player in the next in the couple of years afterwards. Who's the example of that? In modern, in the modern NFL, yeah, I mean, not Tua. Like Tua still looked like he still had. Yeah, Tua, I, Tua never looked incompetent. Right. They wanted they they had a moment where they felt like they wanted to do better than Tua, but Tua never looked like this. Like he wasn't this bad. If you want to say that's the closest argument you can come up with, just because the team was ready to move on from Tua, and yet you know. They got him some receipt, you know, like that. I could listen to that, but he didn't. It wasn't this. Yeah, he was better than this. I can't. The guys. So, that, like, there might not be one. Is that? I I'm struggling to think of who it is. I'm struggling to think of the guy that would fit the bill of looked awful, just needed a different coach, and they were able to fix it. I. I I genuinely don't know who would, you know, Sam Darnold isn't that guy. Maybe Zach Wilson could still prove to be that guy after he had a good start this week. Maybe, but I don't think anybody believes it. Like, more often than not recently, like, what we saw of you kind of determined what you were. And maybe that's unfair. You say maybe, you know, once upon a time, you would give quarterbacks a longer rope because the contracts demanded it, but... Right now, it's either you're the guy or you're not the guy. And I, I don't know how you would have a whole lot of faith that Bryce Young is still going to prove to be the guy. It's yuck, yuck. Also, an interesting answer from um, uh, Doc on Twitter who said they, they have to face Kansas City because in the cinematic you know, plat path, getting to the Super Bowl has to involve beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I disagree. I do. Um, they won. No, that makes sense. If they had never beaten the Chiefs, I might oh, okay. feel something about that. I really, I, and I mean that. Like I, it would feel lesser if they had never beaten the Chiefs. They they beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. Like they proved they were capable of beating. There's there's nothing. There is no like zero and eight hanging over them that we would still have to deal with next year and talking about the Ravens. Yeah, they they won the Super Bowl, but none of that. Like they've they've proven that they're capable of beating the Kansas City Chiefs and Lamar Jackson. So era. what would be the ultimate path? Be Buffalo and Kansas City? Probably. Yeah. Although I, if it if you get the bye, I don't think it can be. It can't be Buffalo. 
Oh, I guess could they still get the five? They could still. I mean, they could still win the division if they. I mean, if, you know, if the oh, Dolphins I didn't even think didn't. about that. If the Dolphins like really fall anyone, apart, anyone could win their division right now still. But yeah, I mean, but like in a reasonable world, mm-hmm. could they be the four or the five? I don't know if they can. I don't know that there's a reasonable world where the the Bills could be the four or the five. So I don't know that it could be Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, I guess the cinematic. If you're doing the cinematic thing now, it would really be. Could Cleveland be the five? Cleveland, yes, they are currently so, the five. So there's your cinematic. Your cinematic is Cleveland and Kansas City, right? In some some order. The cinematic is either Kansas City in the first round and Cleveland in the championship game or Cleveland in the, uh, the first round. Maybe in, the Colts. The, that'll be our. Uh, that'll be the, the justice for 2006. Um, I, or the, 10 the, weeks the ago. The problem yeah. with that being they've beaten the Colts in the playoffs since then, right? So I, I think that that's gone. And also this isn't like a good Colts team like it's it's not right like it's it's you're not getting past Peyton Manning you know what I mean like you're not they beat Andrew Luck in the playoffs in 2012 so I don't think that there's anything there still I think the cinematic path is Flacco and the Chiefs like I think or I guess it would still be the, the Steelers and the Chiefs Especially if like somehow that game at the end of the season doesn't matter and you lose it, and like the thing that's hanging that's hanging over you is that yes, you made the playoffs, but you kind of got swept by the Steelers. Right. Like there'd be something cinematic about Lamar's that that. By the way, if you want one that is still a zero that's hanging over, Lamar still never played well in a win over the Steelers in his life. If you want a thing that continues to linger in Lamar's life. He's never played well in a win over the Steelers. The win that he got was a brutal performance in Pittsburgh. And then he just largely hasn't played against the Steelers. He's played well this year. He played really well this year. But they didn't win. Just He's never played well in a win over the Steelers. So particularly if that Week 18 game doesn't matter and they don't get the opportunity to do that, then... You can make an argument that that would be the cinematic path is that it would involve Lamar playing well and the Ravens beating the Steelers, but I don't think there's any chance of that being. The Steelers couldn't – could they still be the five somehow? They are currently the – yeah, they could. God I mean, they could damn. still win the division. Like Boy, they, everything everything is, is – It is really bad after – like all the quarterbacks are hurt. <laughs> everything stinks after – Right now the Bills, based on whatever the tiebreakers are right now, I guess conference record, the Bills are in 11th place in the AFC right now. Um – so what a world they're 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 behind the Bengals, they're behind the texans behind the broncos behind the colts steelers steelers uh, they have the tiebreaker over everyone somehow is the seven and six team so they are the sixth seed if playoffs ended today or started today that's so stupid like i'm in i'm in this weird place where like i both they have from from a as a viewer they I, the, <laughs> I want the playoff games to be better right so i want josh allen in the playoffs i want better teams in the playoffs I want teams with quarterbacks in the playoffs. But then there's the part of me that's like, but wouldn't I rather the Ravens get to face a bunch of backup quarterbacks? Wouldn't I rather that be the case? Don't I want the Steelers to stay in the playoffs because I'm not afraid of Kenny Pickett? Like, don't isn't that what I want? It's very weird. Don't I want the Colts to stay in the playoffs because I'm good with playing against Gardner Minshew? It's a weird year, dude. Weird, weird year. Today is the day. Starting today, the new print issue of PressBox is available. We told you about it last week, and now it is, uh, it's not going to be everywhere today. There will still be places that won't be getting receiving it until tomorrow. But starting today and then fully everywhere tomorrow, you will be able to get this 
print issue of Pressbox, which is our annual best of issue. And um, we talked, Stan and I talked about it on the show last Friday. Tough decisions this year about where we were going with Mogaba Sports Person of the Year and we, what we wanted the cover of this year's best of issue to look like. And we ultimately decided to go with the image of the entire team celebrating because, and I wrote about it, um, get to the end of the issue. There's Glenn Clark's column there, the final page of uh, this print issue of Pressbox. The Rick Riley, although I hope I, 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 I don't sell my soul the way that Rick Riley has from time to time. Um, the Rick Riley of the issue. Um, my column is about why, because I, I was asked, hey, what's your opinion? What do you think? We could either just go with an image of Brandon Hyde because he's our MoGab, a sports person of the year, or we could go with the image of the team. To me, our selection of Brandon Hyde as Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year is a reflection of the team. It's a reflection of the culture and the fun that we had with the Orioles this year. And we could talk about, you know, I'm here, we're going to do a quick press conference, right? I want you to ask me reasonable, relevant questions about who we chose who we didn't choose, and why, all right? So, um, yes, uh, uh, you with the pink shirt. Um, it's Salmon. Um, uh, how come uh, Gunner didn't win? Thank was, you. Was he considered? Thank, thank you. It's a, it's a great question. You're an idiot. Um, yes, that's the, that we, I think they're going to be one of the questions that will come up the most, right? Why wouldn't you just give it to Gunner? And that was absolutely something that we thought about. I, I, I will tell you straight up, we considered – the possibility of Gunnar Henderson being. We also considered splitting it between, like having it be Brandon Hyde and Gunnar Henderson, right? Like these major awards, we can't pretend like major awards are ones that are just won all the time by Baltimore sports figures. So with Gunnar being rookie of the year and Brandon Hyde being manager of the year, one of the things that we thought about was just let's make it the two of them to reflect the fact that they were both major award winners this year. But we kept coming back to the story of the team. For as good as Gunnar Henderson was, and he was great, right, even he had a stretch of this season where he wasn't productive. I mean, the beginning of the year, Gunnar Henderson was awful. Like, awful. No, I'm not trying to pretend like it changed the story. Clearly, we all think that Gunnar Henderson is a superstar. The story kept coming back to the team. It kept coming back to me. It wasn't the story of any one player. Last year, we chose Adley Rutschman. Why? Because the story of last year was the moment Adley Rutschman showed up, team started winning, winning came with it. Yeah. Right? It was an obvious story. The story was easy. Adley Rutschman gets here, winning, carrying winning on his back. I didn't think the story of the 2023 Orioles was Gunnar Henderson. I think he was the best player on the 2023 Orioles, but partly I think he was the best player by default, right? If Felix Batista had stayed healthy for another month of the season, I think Felix Batista would have been team MVP. I think if Cedric Mullins had stayed healthy for the entirety of the year, there's a possibility that Cedric Mullins would have been team MVP. He just never looked right again after he got... But like when, second, yeah. when he got hurt the first time, Cedric Mullins was the team MVP. 
So I never felt like the story of the 2023 Orioles was Gunnar Henderson. I thought he was their best player, but I never felt like he was the story of the season. To me, the story was the team. Follow up with this question. Say, then why didn't you just make everybody on the team? So how come everybody on the team wasn't? I don't like that. I, it, it was hotly contested. That was an opinion within the... the I, I really didn't like that. Like, that bothers me. Sports Illustrated's done that two times. They made it a team? They made it, I want to say, the Women's World Cup champion team one year. And I think they made it just the Warriors one year, which I actually thought was oh, extraordinarily yeah, I I stupid. Um, I don't like it because it comes off as a cop-out to me. It comes off like a, we couldn't come up with an answer, so we just made it everybody. Um, yeah, 99. The women, now, the 90. The, 2018, the Warriors, yeah, when they. It was a 99 was, Women's World Cup team? Yeah. Maybe, well, let me see. Was that the year? Well, maybe maybe I've just done my math wrong. Maybe, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. That was the year that the, right, that was the year the Brandy Chastain team. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. That put. I, that one I actually understand a little Rapino bit more. Rapinoe was the sole person of the year in 2019. Right. But in, in ni- 90, that 99 yeah. team, them winning the World Cup, kind of put women's soccer on the map. Like, that was a transcendent moment. So I have – that that one I'm a little bit more okay with than when the Warriors one was ba- – like, as we're not even going to bother trying as possible. Like, that – you, you might as well have made Deion Sanders your sports person of the year. Wait, oh wait, they did. I, I just don't like it personally. That's the only thing that I really was opposed to. Now, again, I'm only one person, and so ultimately if everybody else on the board had decided, on the editorial board had decided that's what we were doing, then that's what we were going to do because I can't. But I will be honest with you, and I will tell you that when we had those meetings, I was vehemently opposed. Was there any uh, consideration for Michael Elias? Um, absolutely. In fact, I would tell you that one person on the board was vi- either Mike Elias or Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde, mm-hmm. like the leadership. I I push back on that as well, and it's no, I love Mike Elias, but in comparing him to Brandon Hyde, I never thought that Brandon Hyde dropped the ball this year. I think Mike Elias dropped the ball on the Jack Flaherty trade. I, I can't I can't escape that. That within the season... The Jack Flaherty trade was an un again, we've used the term unmitigated a couple times. It was an unmitigated failure. And so I don't think he lived up to the I think he was great, but if the standard was, you know, Brandon Hyde, I think he fell a little bit short of that because the trade he made was it didn't work. Period. They, I, when they needed to bolster the team to try to make a playoff push, you they think, they failed to do so. You think had would he have had a better case had they just made no trade? maybe, you know, like that's the sad part about, like maybe. And that's the thing too. And even when we had the meeting, I said, look, I'm, it's, it's, I would at the mo in the moment, I was glad he did it, but we have to judge it now and say, your job as a general manager is to make the move that gets you over the top. And he didn't, he didn't do that. So he made a move and it didn't work. So I have to consider that in the way that we compare these two. So yeah, Mike Elias was, um, definitely in the conversation, and I, I would say only one member of our board was really pushing for Mike Elias. Um, 
I, that's the Flaherty trade to me, and that and I, it wasn't just to me. Others on on our board that decide. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I don't want to say you know we, how they we call them. Yeah. yeah, we could get everybody on the phone right now. Yeah. Um, others on our board just were in agreement with me and said that's the difference. The difference specifically is the trade, like and and why that didn't pan out that way. Um, was there any consideration at, at, outside at, of the Orioles? That, yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad. That's what I wanted the next question to be. Thank you. Thank you, Griffin. Yes, there was. Um, at one point, we decided that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll peel the curtain back. The last two years, we have left options. We have, we have ve- not decided on the cover until very late because we wanted as much of the season to play out as we possibly could for the Ravens before we made a final decision. And one of the things we decided was, like, if Lamar Jackson was playing at an MVP, like a true MVP level by, like, Thanksgiving, like it was obvious that he was the M- the singular MVP mm-hmm. front runner, we were going to have to talk about then, is it, you know, it? Do, how do we handle the cover then? Right. Is H- it, had they been on, like, a 14-2 level? Are, like are the Orioles the team of the year and Lamar's the – Mogaba sports person of the year and do we have a cover that reflects both of those things do we just commit to one or the other you know like something along those lines did Lamar win in, in fairness the, that was the year we had decided Mogaba was going to be sports person of the year and then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson has this ungodly year we weren't we had committed to Mogaba being sports person of the year that year so we decided the way to handle that was to do the cover with Mo and Lamar mm-hmm. um, that that iconic picture of the two of them together and we said that Lamar was the athlete of the year and Mogab and Mogaba was our sports person of the year. But it's something we thought about a lot since then is that technically Lamar's never been our Mogaba sports person of the year, which seems kind of unfathomable, but in the year since he's gotten hurt, right? And so there just hasn't been an obvious year since then for him to be the guy. And we're not going to apologize for the fact that Mogaba was our sports person of the year because we're not going to apologize for that. Um they win the Super Bowl? You could probably go ahead and start making your plans for who is going to be Mo Gabba's sports person of the year next year. Like, I think you can kind of assume who that's going to be. It's one of the goofy oh, things no, about Bethlehem the way. Yeah. The, just the, the nature of the – it's funny because we used to do it something at the old radio station. We didn't do it – it wasn't this big, but we would have like a, a silly, you know, let's name a, a sports – a person of the year. And the year – 2013, it was – Drew was furious that the rest of us decided that it was Joe Flacco. Drew was like, he, he hasn't played all that well this year. I'm like, Drew, the, in calendar 2013, he won a Super Bowl. Who cares about anything from that? He didn't have to play another snap. What was what was his pick? Chris Davis for hitting 50 homers? Yeah, I don't like, remember. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows what it was? I mean, like, it was. It would have been a good case. Would, um, but without yeah, a Super Bowl. You know, some of the other things that we talked. Look, inside the issue, as I know we got to chat yeah, yeah. with, we got to call Pamela Wood here. Inside the issue, we honor some of the top uh, people, places, performances, moments of the year with throughout the local sports scene. And I would tell you that, like, Angel Reese's name came up in our conversations um, as someone that would be deserving, as a, a Baltimore native who took the sports world by storm and won a national championship. That came up in conversations. There weren't a lot of other, you know, major stories this year. There were a lot of other fun stories. There were a lot of other. There was nothing else that really rose to the level of conversation about sports person of the year. It really did kind of come down to the Orioles. If Lamar 
you know, it got to a certain point or, you know, the only other one that even even came up in conversation was Angel Reese. And even that, you know, it was a tough one because it's not she's not local now that, you know, nobody here really cares about LSU specifically. It was a tough sell and it would have it would have had to have required there being no other candidates really for that to be the case. But um, we're very proud. We're very proud of the cover. We're very proud of our selection of Brandon Hyde as Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, of recognizing the Orioles as the team of the year. And this is always a very intensive issue for us. There is a lot of work that goes into our best of issue every year, and we are very proud of it. Um, and, oh, yeah, Roquan Smith. I will tell you that Roquan Smith's name did come up as well, you know, oh, just because of you know, how different I'm they've good, been I'm since good. his arrival. Obviously, his arrival didn't happen this year, but he did sign the contract this okay, year. Awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time. So Roquan uh, Smith also did right come now. up in conversation about Mo Gabba, Sports Person of the Year. That's all on the uh, Best of Print Issue of Press Box, which is available starting today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find the Press Box, and you can read it all at pressboxonline.com slash best of. All right, very good. Now, our next guest is not a sports reporter. She's a politics reporter. But she's been pressed over to the sports world a little bit because these two things have come to a head given um, the almost bizarre nature of the situation with the Orioles and their lease. Joining us from the Baltimore Banner, she is Pamela Wood, and she is with us here on GCR. Pamela, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Glenn. Um, so I, I, I want to go to where do we go next, but I guess in order to get there, we got to start by looking backwards, right? And like the, the, big, sure. the big picture question is, how did, we, how did we get here? And I know that like you would say, hey, how long do you have? And then we can <laughs> really get to that point. But more uniquely, from, from where we were in October, or it's late September, when there was a memorandum of understanding to where we are today, how did we get here? Yeah, well, you actually, hate to do this, have to go back a little further. We got this December 31st deadline uh, back in February. In February, under the current lease, the Orioles could have done another extension. They said, they said nope, no thanks. We want to negotiate a whole new deal. So that set the clock for December 31st. So they were talking, the Orioles and the state, late September. Everybody remembers that scoreboard announcement that took us all by surprise said we had a deal wasn't quite a deal it was a memorandum of understanding it's it, it outlined you know some significant progress towards the deal um they worked on the details they came together uh, i understand late thursday night with both a lease and a redevelopment plan package they started to move it forward on friday and bam it hit a roadblock and they had to start negotiating again so that's the quick version. So I, one of the things that I feel like we're str- – and, and I've been following your reporting basically every day, Pamela. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think we're struggling with is everybody in this town is inclined to have distrust towards the Angelos family. It's just the way that it goes. It is baked in over decades. But from where they, the agreement was in September, it sounded like your guys' reporting was suggesting – that their side didn't change anything. It was the other side that changed the way that they looked at it. And for as much as maybe the argument is because they agreed to a bad deal, that still comes off like it's kind of bad faith negotiating, no? 
Well, you know, uh, I'm not really in a position to, you know, comment on anybody's motivations or what they're yeah, thinking. That's but fair. there were, yeah, there were significant changes from September to Friday, uh, but both sides did agree to it. Um, you know, it's kind of up to opinion who got who who's getting a better deal here or not. Um, but you know, both sides did did agree to what they had uh, on Friday. Hmm. I don't know what to make of that, Pamela. We'll get back to that in a second. I don't know <laughs> what to make of it. Pamela Wood with us from the Baltimore Banner. So, you know, the, the word Bill Ferguson steps in. He's got issues. So everything comes off the table. Part of the reasoning that was given was because of this report last week from Bloomberg that perhaps the Orioles are up for sale, which they pushed back on. I, and I understand right. why there would be concern about that. It, I, even that report didn't suggest that a sale was imminent. I would think that like the need for a lease would still have to win out, right? Like, what? I, I guess the question is, why would it matter to the state if the Orioles might be up for sale? Yeah, I think the concern here, you know, Bill Ferguson had two concerns. One is about the ground lease um, that would allow for redevelopment at the warehouse, the Camden Station, the parking right there, and the elements of that. The other one it sort of clouded things. This Bloomberg report, is a team for sale? Is it not? Is it going to get sold to David Rubenstein or is it not? And I think there's a concern of like, who are we really dealing with here? Right. Now, of what they negotiated, it would apply to any successive owner right. if the team were to be sold. But I think it sort of at the last second there as they were as they were nailing things down, it raised some questions. And I can understand and that. And just some uncertainty. Yeah, I, I can understand, like, the, hey, we'd like to get these questions answered. I just don't know how it would be. Like, the t the team's going to be here one way or the other and would need a lease to play the games at the stadium no matter who's owning the team. So I, I, would, I mm -hmm. would think that even if they ultimately get sold, you would still need the lease. Now, is, is the question – Correct. I, I think on the other side, the question would be, if you're selling the team, should you be the one that's negotiating the lease, or wouldn't the new owner want to have a say in that? But – I would think that would be more on their side than it is on on the state side, but I'm Pamela. I'm a dumb guy, so maybe I'm the wrong guy to put that out there. Well, that's, I ahead. think that's a fair question, and they were working towards a deadline on Friday because they, you know, it's December 31st for the lease, but there are multiple layers of approval: the Stadium Authority's board and the State Board of Public Works, which is the governor, the comptroller, the treasurer. They met today. If they wanted to get it right. on today's agenda, they would have had to do so on Friday. And so they were kind of barreling towards that. And then suddenly this report revived these uh, you know, rumors that, you know, maybe David Rubenstein wanted to buy the team and that, you know, kind of caused a wrinkle. So but now they, now since they pulled it back, there's more time to talk about that. And, and I saw your report today that, you know, Governor Moore is still confident that a deal is going to get done. I, I feel like part of this issue perhaps and I've brought this up a couple of times with people, and just I have not done nearly the reporting that you have on this, right? But you know, I've I've talked to people that are involved in these conversations, and one of the things that I've gotten back is part of what has made this difficult is when we use the term deadline, everybody kind of knows that it's not like, and and it's even been admitted to, right? Like, hey, we're not kicking them out on December thirty first. If we don't, if we get to that point, there's no deal. We'll just have to figure out what it looks like moving forward. It seems like there's no actual threat of the Orioles moving. There's no threat of the state taking the deal off the table for the six hundred million dollars to begin with. So without that, 
has it been difficult to negotiate because it's been difficult for either side to have like true leverage in any of this? Well, I mean, legally speaking, um, the the current lease says the Orioles do have to be out after December 31st if there's no, uh, you know, further extension or new lease. I mean, there are provisions written in there about turning over the keys and the combination right. locks and removing their property. Now, would that be enforced? Hard to say. Uh, I don't think anybody wants that to happen. Uh, but uh, they really want to be legally compliant and get something done by December 31st so that there is no legal question about the status of the team at the ballpark. But you're right. Nobody wants them to leave. It's And, and I understand that it, it's like it felt for a while like these are parties that were working together. And I, and I think that's maybe, you know, the, the, the political side of it is that it felt like John Angelos, and I think everybody knows the Angelos family's politics, wanted to work with Westmore, wanted to work with a Democratic governor, and it seemed like they were getting along. And, and I guess maybe is that, I think that's made it surprising that it's dragged on for so long and that th- these two people that seem to be agreeable have not been able to find common ground to make this work. Is that is that been surprising to the parties involved? I think what we're talking about here is a really complex negotiation. You know, perhaps if this was just a straight you know, continued lease of the ballpark itself, like what the Ravens have, right. probably easier to accommodate. I mean, the Ravens lease um, sailed through, you know, not not much controversy. Um, and they didn't change a lot of things from what they already had. They just moved it forward. They could access their portion of the state money for improvements. The Orioles, it's much more complex because the Orioles and, you know, Chairman John Angelos are seeking this redevelopment part which just adds, I mean, even a straight lease is, you know, 200 pages of legal details. Then you add this on top of it. It's so, it's so complicated. So even if everybody's agreeable, you know, nailing down those details, making sure all the different concerns are addressed. You know, the governor talks about keeping the Orioles long-term, creating winners off the field with this development and stewarding the taxpayer dollars. You know, the, the, Orioles and Angelos side, they want to make sure they get the development rights and the lease. And even if everybody's, you know, intention is to be on the same page, there's just so much, so many details, so many legal nuances to to carry through here. I feel is part of the burden that like we don't really know exactly what the public wants from this just because like it's baseball fans want them to sign a lease. Right. Like that's what we know. Baseball fans. It's the easiest thing in the world. Sign the lease. But the, mm-hmm. the other elements of it are so nuanced, right? Like the debate about how much should a municipality give to a private sports owner versus, hey, but might it not be a good thing for the down for downtown to have a, a little bit more build? Would it not be better for um, all of the businesses around? Would there be more reasons for people to come to the stadium area even on days where there aren't be- games being played? Like these are all really relevant questions that I don't think have easy yeses or nos. And I don't know that beyond just the sign the lease part of it, there is a strong feeling from the general public about what this should look like. Right. I I think that's fair. And, you know, uh, talking to, you know, my friends and fans and seeing chatter on social media and on radio, I think there are different opinions. Yeah. Everybody wants to keep, keep, keep the Orioles playing long-term, but especially the development part. Are you, are you giving away the farm of a valuable state asset for a very low cost for Angelos to profit? Is, is his vision going to be aligned with what 
the people want and people want to maybe see different things. Do you want to see restaurants, the concert venue, right. you know, uh, you know, should there be residential or not? And the, there's, there's been nothing to see to judge. Like if you look down the street at Harbor place, well, there's a plan out there that yep. people can decide whether they like it or not. We haven't seen a plan, just a vague idea. So I do think in the public, there are varying opinions about whether the development part is a good deal, the right parameters and different opinions about what would be the right thing to do there. Now, I always come back to like when somebody asks me about it, Pam, I'm like, I think it's a good thing for there to be a ballpark village. Like, I think that would be beneficial. But, you know, that's a very narrow minded thought process of like, I think that we would want that. I also don't know that we just I, that what you said about the value of the land and just giving it to a, a private ownership. I don't know that we would want that for anybody. I don't think that 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 makes sense for the value of my tax dollars. It's a very complicated thing. But I, they it can, is, and we're yeah, we're seeing these kinds of we're seeing these kinds of questions as well in terms of you know state subsidies, which is your money and my money going into it. Yep. Um, you know, down in Alexandria now with Governor yeah, Youngkin, arena, yeah, yeah, proposing a new arena for uh, the Wizards and the Capitals. There's talk about the Commanders. Uh, should the Commander stay in Prince George's? Should they go to D.C.? Is the state of Maryland or D.C.? What subsidies do they want to put up? How are they going to try and keep them? It, it's happening in city after city, these these difficult questions. But they're still projecting confidence. <laughs> like, they're still projecting that there's no there's no real big deal here. It's all going to get solved. We're not going to have a constitutional crisis on our hands come January 1st. That is what we heard this morning. I mean, direct, you know, I stood right in front of the governor and, and we asked him and the state treasurer as well. Um, you know, there are no more Maryland Stadium Authority board meetings. There are no board of public works meetings on the calendar right now. But uh, they projected confidence that they're going to get it done, call the special meetings um, before the end of the year, potentially, you know, before the Christmas holiday. Well, that, that so, would be ideal, for, I'm sure, for you. I'm sure you're rooting for that to be the case. Like, a reporter in politics, we're working all the time, no That's matter true. what. That's a much. good point. There is always something going on. Um, it's at P. Wood Reporter, of course, on uh, Twitter. And as always, the Baltimore Banner, Baltimore, thebaltimorebanner.com. Uh, Pamela, is there anything else that we can plug for you? Yeah, I mean, please just, you know, follow our work. Uh, and if you want to subscribe, we have a great deal, dollar for six months. Uh, hope people find uh, value in it. Um, we're chasing this story and lots of other stories hard, so I appreciate it. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. Unfortunately, I have a bad feeling that we might have to reach out to you again before this is all said and done, uh, because it feels like there have been that many twists and turns in this process. But really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us. Happy holidays to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Pamela Wood with us here on GCR. Appreciate her taking the time for us. And they, they keep and I, again, it's part of. The, I understand what Pamela's saying, and we've you know I ended up in this back and forth with people last week. When I say there's no deadline, I I know what she's saying. Well, legally there is a deadline, but they they have they've already the stadium authorities already come out and said we're not kicking them out. If we get to that point, we'll just have to figure out what it looks like. I. Westmore, everybody, nobody wants to get to that point because it just creates further uncertainty, right? Like, nobody wants to have the fan base go into the year still feeling like, what's going on here? The longer it drags out, the more it allows for salacious rumors to play out, for, you know, traipsing into pure fantasy to occur. So everybody wants to get it done. 
but who's bending to get it done? Is it as simplistic as everybody agreed to the deal, Bill Ferguson put up... Uh, do you remember when um, Brett Kavanaugh was nominated for the Supreme Court? Yes. They were just going to go right ahead. They weren't going to have any... You know, the, They weren't going to invite um, the alleged... You know, the, the woman right. that made... They weren't going to invite her in to talk. They just decided... We've got the majority. We're going to prove him. Deal with it. And one senator, and I, gosh, I, I, I can't remember. I, I think it, it might have been Jeff Flake. Um, there was one senator who kind of spoke up and said, one Republican senator, who said, guys, I would really like it if we didn't do that. If we at least played this thing out a little bit more. Allowed this you know, alleged victim to come speak and for us to at least, and and maybe it was nothing more than theater, right? Like maybe it was nothing more than let's pretend like we're listening. Let's pretend like we're trying. Let's pretend like we care. But one senator spoke up and said that. And then, you know, other leadership was like, all right, fine, you know, we'll do that. But it was never going to change the outcome. They had the majority this was the guy their president chose. He was going to become a Supreme Court justice. So maybe this is still fait accompli. There's a deal. It's been agreed to. You know, Westmore wants to work. He's the, the guy's the president of the Senate, Bill Ferguson, right? Like he's the powerful person in the state. He's got and, and represents this district. He's got an issue. Westmore says, all right, let's pump the brakes. We'll deal with it. But we all know what the outcome is going to be. We're still going to go back to the same deal. We're just doing this to try to appease you in the process. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's nothing more than that. But every day that goes by allows for more and more what's going on. And that's the frustrating part. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by... Oh, this one's brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Of course. Over at uh, Live Casino and Hotel, maybe if uh, luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, maybe, uh, you know, Connor McDavid uh, had two assists, but he did not score a freaking goal last night. Ah, how did Connor Bedard do? I know it was the big uh, Connor, he did, Connor uh, B. Connor Yeah, it was. Now. It was a big show. He scored the opening. I, I got a good tidbit on him uh, in, okay. in a couple minutes here. Um, but uh, he scored a goal. He scored a goal. Okay. Um, McDavid only had two assists, though. No no actual goals. Um, but if you had him to bet a goal, to score a goal and uh, last night, good news. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel, Maryland. They can turn your losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all live casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging, ranging from live casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. Over at the live, we're at the live casino and hotel Maryland FanDuel Sportsbook. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tidbit tubular and Tyus Bowser. The three T's next on GCR. 
Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back 
in here on GCR as we are winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses throughout the course of the day for our Would You Rather Wednesday setups. Tidbit is brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. You're going to hear segment number one from last night coming up in a minute. And quick turnaround, we're going to be back in action next Tuesday night. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road, Tuesday, December 19th. Come join us for the next Tyus Bowser Show Partnership of Press Box and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. All right. So last night, uh, Nikola Jokic uh, was ejected, or no, that was that last night, or was it two nights? Whatever. Uh, Jokic got ejected. That was last night. Okay. He was. I was thinking. I was thinking even talk about the Draymond thing. God. Do we have to? Jesus. I got nothing else. I was getting confused because Trey Young also is on my fantasy team, and he got ejected uh, Monday night. So that was that was annoying. Um, but Jokic was ejected in the first half of uh, of the game last night, and he became the first player in at least the last 30 years to still lead all starters on his team in rebounds and assists for the game, despite being uh, thrown out there uh, in the first half with uh, nine rebounds and six assists for Jokic. How about that? Um, so do you want to know how bad the Chicago Blackhawks are? I guess. Last night marked the fourth time in only his 28 career games that Connor Bedard opened the scoring. He scored the opening goal in the first six minutes uh, against the Oilers last night um, and against Connor McDavid, but had uh, his team get shut out the rest of the way and lose by multiple goals. Um, no one has done that more than four times over their entire NHL career. Uh, there, are four, there are two other players that have also done it four times or have had that happen four times, scoring the opening goal getting shut out and losing by multiple goals the rest of the way has happened four times this season for Bedard. Any, 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 I mean, they're notable guys, the other two. All, all this season? Uh, no, 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 no. This oh. happened over their entire career. There are only four guys, or there are only two guys that have ever had this happen four times over their entire career. Bedard has had it had happened four times this season. And give me the numbers one more time. It is uh, score the opening goal. Right. And then get shut out the rest of the way and lose by multiple goals. Bedard has done that four times. It's such a weird anomaly yeah. that like there's no Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby, yes. Sure. Alex Ovechkin. Not Alex Ovechkin. Wayne Gretzky. Not Wayne. Mark Gretzky. Messier. Not Mark Messier. It was on Ma- the list that we had. Uh, Mario Lemieux. Games. Not Lemieux. Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Sidney Crosby, and now Connor Bedard. And Bedard that? has only played less than thirty games. Um. Uh, after Sunday, Puknakua he totals now totals one thousand one hundred thirteen receiving yards in his career. And he is only the fourth player in NFL history to reach the 1,100-yard receiving uh, receiving number in his first 13 career games. Okay. Any guess at the other three that reached 1,100 receiving yards in their first 13 career games? Yeah, the yeah the first 13 career games. Julio? Not Julio. Um. Man. Um. Randy Moss. Yes, Randy Moss. Would be chronologically, he would be the first ever to do this. Reach 1,100 in his first 13 games. Larry Fitzgerald? Not Larry Fitz. You're in the, you know, you're in the right, uh, Anquan right city. Bolden? Yeah, Anquan yeah. Bolden. Anquan Bolden. Justin Jefferson? Not Justin Jefferson. Surprisingly. Jamar Chase? Not Jamar Chase. How about. Wow, how about Mike Evans? Not Mike Evans. Marcus Colston. Not Marcus Colston. Tory Holt. Not Tory Reggie Holt. Wayne. Not Reggie Wayne. 
He is still in the league. Michael Thomas? Not Michael Thomas. Can't really give you many hints without giving it away. Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham Jr., yes. Odell Beckham Jr., Anquan Bolden, Randy Moss, and Puka Nakua. Not bad company. No, not, not bad. Not bad, bad at all. Not bad company. All right, do me a favor. Um, I want you to tell everybody about what's going on. First of all, I want you to turn my mic off when I tell you to. I'm going to give you a scream real quick, yeah. Well, I'm, we, we might be able to. I'll explain oh, okay, it in a second. I see. I see. Uh, turn my mic off and tell everybody about the Green Turtle as we get ready for Totally Tubular. And if I still need you to, go ahead and do the non-sports of tu- part okay. of Tubular, right? Okay. This is very professional. I understand. Do no, no, right no, no, you sense. know, but not everybody else does. Uh, over at the Green Turtle, uh, where you're going to be betting those primetime unders, uh, especially tomorrow night between uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, uh, you get a $10 free bet every Thursday at the new Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson or Canton. So stop by, get your free $10 bet. You can watch the game, enjoy some great food, some great Green Turtle food, uh, root for the under. And uh, so make sure you check out those Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, or both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, you get a $10 free bet every Thursday. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Again, a $10 free bet each and every Thursday over at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and or Canton. Uh, let's get started with the uh, non-sports highlights here on Wednesday night, Totally Tubular-wise. Of course, a new episode of Survivor. I believe it's the penultimate episode of Survivor. The finale will be next week. Um, it is the finale right after Survivor tonight of uh, season th- season 35 of The Amazing Race. Well, that's all on CBS, and then uh, Jason Momoa will be on uh, Colbert for uh, for 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 uh, for late night, I guess, because uh, Aquaman will be uh, Aquaman will be uh, is that next week? Yeah, I guess it's already is that next, next week. week? Yeah, wow. Aquaman because right. Christmas is next week, basically. Jesus, that's true. Oh yeah. man, I am uh, <laughs> not ready for that. Timothy Chalamet and David Blaine on Fallon, because um, Wonka also comes out next week. And it is sadly the season one finale of Snake Oil as well on Fox. Uh, but but Adam De- Adam Devine. Sure. Adam Devine. Do, do your you thing. Know. Do your. Snake bit. Snake bit. I just forwarded you an email. Okay. All right. Uh, try to see if you can open on this computer. Because if you can, then you're going to start the video that opens at the 137 mark, and we're going to be good to play the show that way. All right. Okay. If you can't, we'll deal with that when we need to. But if you can, that would be a great solution. Uh, sports tonight, not much. That's the reality. Um, you didn't mention the 30 for 30, did you? Uh, no, no, no. Then I can talk about that. That's about, about it. That's where we are. Uh, 30 for 30 tonight. Uh, I'm very excited about this one because I was obsessed with Reggie White growing up. Reggie White, um, is the featured, you know, this is about him. It's called the Minister of Defense, nine o'clock on ESPN tonight for the next 30 for 30, all about Reggie White. Um, hoops, it's rough tonight. Uh, only Big Ten team in action or on TV is Northwestern. They play Chicago State at 8 on Big Ten Network. Creighton UNLV, that's pretty good, actually, at 9 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, it's dicey. Uh, Pelicans Wizards, 7 o'clock on Monumental. NBA TV for Lakers Spurs at 8 o'clock. TNT for Bruins Devils at 7.30. And Sabres Avalanche at 10. TBS for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. That's it it's what it is all right thanks today to drew forrester i guess thanks also to um ryan leaf as well as to pamela wood we're going to get all that and eventually the tyus bowser show i promise up in the greatest hit section of the oh my god it's so good tab at glennclarkradio.com that was yikes it's like burping as i said it that was really rough uh kz will join us tomorrow for picks 
Anything else that we're doing tomorrow? Stuff and things. Previewing that primetime under. I could have sworn you told me that there was somebody that, oh, yeah, I don't know, whatever, whatever. It's what it is. All right. Tomorrow, picks. Big day. How's it looking over there? Uh, no, not, not, not. You can't open it? Yeah, I can't open it right Why now. Why not? I th- it says I need access. I think maybe try to send it to my other email. Uh, or open up my email. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right here. You can open up my email, and you can get to it right there. Uh, if they ask you for a password, I think it's the same password I use for everything else. I think, yeah. Just tell it, tell it to everyone so they know. It, by the way, Griffin one day is probably going to be able to like rob me blind <laughs> because he has all of my the amount of trust that I have in Griffin in my life is overwhelming. <laughs> because I'm steering you wrong yet. He has access to my all of my socials. Sent you a six of, digit six digit code, I believe, to you. To to what? To my email? Yes, to my to phone? Your email. Oh, for God's sake! What is going on here? Uh, here, are you ready? Yes. The code is 829747. This is good radio. This is the good stuff that you guys have been asking for. I've already forgotten what the marker was. I think it was 127 uh, was the marker yeah. in the video. Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, AJ Michaels, Guilford All Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Did it open? You want to talk uh, for about two minutes and uh, you know ten seconds here while it downloads? We don't. Need, we shouldn't need to download it. You should just be able I, to well, play it'll it look from, better. It'll look better when we when it's here's the here's the reality. Griffin, a couple week maybe months now at this point, said, "Why do we only play the audio of the Tyus Bowser show? We do a video presentation. You have the video. Why don't we play the video?" And I said, huh, points, points are made. Uniquely last night, there was a small internet problem on top of all the other issues that we had. There was a small internet problem at Alonzo's. Not their fault. It was the fault of you know, the, the big internet company. And we weren't able to stream the show live. So because of that, we, didn't have a go- we, we couldn't just go pull up the Facebook page and show the video that way. So we had committed to, we're not going to be able to do that we're just going to have to play the audio. It is what it is. Then literally at about 11.30, I was told, hey, here's the video. And I didn't, actually it was earlier than that. I didn't see it. And then late in the show, I'm like, oh, there's the video. Well, we might as well run that. Griffin wants it to look, I, I thought we could just do it the way that I did it. Griffin wants it to be better than that yeah, somehow. Yeah, I do. I do. How much more time? Oh, uh, we're still like under I, two minutes here. I did forget to mention that uh, um, yeah. Alan Richardson will be on. Uh, no Jimmy one cares. Kimmel. No one cares about for that. Reacher. Reacher two. Reacher no, season two. No one cares about that. I uh, by the I way, I like Alan Richardson. I tried to. I tried to start. Um, yeah, I, and we had. I've actually had him on the show really? before. Yeah. Um, we. Oh, May December. I started it last night. Oh, okay. You. It's only loosely based on Mary Kay Letourneau. Like it's the it's a fictional it, story. Okay. The concept, like the, like the premise is, of what they're doing, is very is similar, but not like and it's it's almost like it's very weird. It's Julianne so Moore looks exactly like her. not exactly, but I she does. She did. Like I like didn't enough, realize it was so like my and like they re- literally it's this is what makes everything about it weird. They couldn't win a lawsuit. Like the everything in the movie 
like they open up like old tabloids, they've recreated pictures that Mary Kay Letourneau had taken. Like, but yet the name of the character in the movie is Gracie. Right. Some of the facts are different. Like, it, it's it's bizarre. It's it's weird that they decided to make this movie, but it's not exactly the story. But it's so close that like that's what the story is. When uh, and then the movie's about them making a movie about Mary right, Kay Letourneau. It felt like very it's. Inception. Meta, like yeah. it's it's weird AF in that way. When uh when that's my boy came out, was that like it's the I'm not gonna spend a second. It's okay. the, I've never been angry in my life about anything that I've ever watched. I God, it ruined. I'll never watch another Adam Sandler film because of it. I'll never. That's my boy is the worst film I have ever watched with my eyes. It's horrible. It is appalling and atrocious and offensive to every one of your senses. You can't smell it, but somehow your smell will still be offended by it. You can't taste it, but nothing will taste right afterwards. That's My Boy is easily the worst motion picture I've ever seen in my entire life. This is not that. This is just weird. It's just weird the way they went about doing it. It the act and Natalie Portman's Natalie Portman, like I enjoy her. Julianne Moore's great. I don't know who this guy is that's in it was uh, Charles from, Melton. Sure, from Riverdale. Um we're going to have to bag it in a second if we can't. We're good to go. We're good? Yes. Sure. All right. I don't know how I feel. I don't even know if I'm going to finish it. And I don't and I always finish everything. Yeah, it's, it was It's it's getting nominated for like all these major awards and they're being talked about like as one of the best movies of the year. It's I mean, yeah, it makes you feel so weird. Fun. Oh, it's bizarre. Like, that was, well, that was the thing. Like we, because I, I didn't know, I didn't realize it was based on you know this yeah. true story, and yeah. so I saw a quick uh, like interview that some like Australian reporter did when he interviewed it's, the kid every, and her. Every element of it is weird. Like that. Why did you watch a teacher when it was on Hulu a couple years ago? No, a teacher was about the, the concept of a teacher sleeping with a student, and it was weird. But they got to the point. The point of it was to drive home how much, how effed up it is. Maybe they get to the point with this, but it feels it so. It doesn't. Yeah, it, like, it feels it so meta. It doesn't the, feel that the way. The normalcy with which they attempt to paint the picture of right. this. And I, I get that it's complicated because, like, these kids, these were actually their parents. And, like, they this was their life. And they had no choice in the matter. And, like, are they supposed to hate their parents? Like, there's a lot of weird there. Yeah. But if you're going to tell this story, you are required to tell how effed up it is. And they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I kind of they do that with like him, he seems unhappy. Right, like, right. That's the only part, but like, yeah, it's uh very it's, weird. All right. All right. Up. We I, I always needed to get out of here half an hour ago. That was the point of having the Tyus uh, Bowser show. Now the show's gonna go, go. to one. All right. Uh Thank you for hanging out. Did, did I thank every, I thank the yeah, guests. Did thank I did all that. Have oh my great, god, it's so good. Yeah, have a great Tuesday night. Uh, you know, go go nobody or great Wednesday night. Go nobody. Uh, Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show with segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show. And welcome out to the Tyus Bowser Show press box and 105.7 The Fan. I am Glenn Clark. She is Rita Hubbard, and he is the host of our program. He is Mr. Tyus Bowser. And normally we have a big, huge, hello, Tyus! Yeah! 
How's it going? It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you as well. Really appreciate it. It's been too long, man. We shouldn't go three weeks without seeing each other. I don't like Has that. Has it been three weeks? Yeah. We had the bye, and so we wanted to... Yeah. It was going to be awkward if like, we got together the, the, after the bye. Like, so, how about... Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that did make a lot of sense. So. Yeah. But so man, it were, that was smart schedule-wise. Uh, great to see you. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. The Ravens are currently the number one seed in the AFC, perhaps you've heard. Yeah. Clap it up. And you're running out of time to get more favorable odds on a Festivus run. They're currently plus 220 to win the conference, plus 650 to win it all at Superbook. Download the Superbook app or visit Superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Um, you guys are the number one seed in the AFC. I, I don't know if you just heard that a second ago. Yeah, I did. How good does that feel at the moment? You know, the job is not finished yet. Quoted, That's it. Quoted to Kobe, you know, the job's not finished. We still have, what, four more games, I believe, and, you know, playoffs is right after that. I could probably say I'm going to be more satisfied when we're holding up the, holding up the trophy. I appreciate it. So, yeah. I'm on, I'm on set right now is just locked in on Jacksonville and just trying to come out that weekend one and do you? This is a question, and I, I, we're going to talk later about uh, one of uh, the former Ravens on this team. But um, when you look at the AFC North right now, um, while the Ravens are the number one seed, they only have a two-game lead against the Browns. Does that something that y'all pay attention to? I mean, obviously, you don't. It, it, you have to worry about what's ahead of you. But is that? Are you kind of peeking in the rearview mirror? Is that motivation to be like, no, we got to finish this job because it's really not over. It really is a very tight race so far with only four games remaining. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the National Football League and anything can happen. I remember As we saw on Monday night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I remember watching the uh, – what game was that that came on during a bye week where we went from first to third and we didn't even play that week, mm -hmm. you know? And I remember watching the game last night, the Dolphins, and the Titans game and you know coach kind of brought that up during meetings today just how he wasn't watching it but he was definitely you know keeping that in check as far as you know if they won a loss and of course we was happy that the Dolphins lost because that that puts us you know ahead a little bit more but we pay attention to little stuff like that because we want to try to be you know the number one seed get that first round by so uh, we take we take attention of that but we don't make that the main focal point we make the we control what we control and when we do that, then the rest will kind of handle itself. And, I mean, we're in a great position to, you know, continue to take, you know, lead and have control of the first, of that number one seed. And it's pretty much in our hands at this point. If we take care of business, then everything else ain't going to matter. So we're going to do things a little bit differently tonight because it's just us. So we're going to do some more, like, talk show stuff. And uh, you and Rita get to have a debate right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this. this is a true story. You just said you want to get that number one seed. Yes. You know who doesn't want you guys to get the number one seed? Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Why? Thank, you. Why Thank you, Carmelo. Um, well, this is where I, I stand with that. Uh, the December buy is extremely late, and you only have five games left. And so my concern is, is that if you build momentum, particularly in the schedule that you guys have, which is the most difficult schedule remaining, does a bye week 
bring rust when you come out of the buy. And this could be me and my Orioles, Orioles. fan. Yep. You know, We're all like, thinking because, about it. You know, because people keep saying 2019, and I'm like, I, I'm past 2019. This this team is, is person from a personnel perspective, this team is way better than 2019. But I'm, I'm still living in PTSD of what the Orioles just did by w- winning their division and having rest, and then they got swept, right? Yeah. So I, my concern is, is if, let's say y'all finish 4-1, and one, right? That's a huge, huge momentum swing. And my concern is, is that if you get rest, do you come out still swinging? Do you come out lethargic and, and it takes you a half? I, obviously, I don't play. I know you guys want the rest. I just don't want y'all guys to take y'all foot off the gas. That's my concern. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is um, one of our coaches kind of brought it up today um, in position meetings when he kind of talked about you know, living in the moment and just embracing, you know, games like this where, you know, it wasn't our best game, but you understand it's the NFL and every single game is hard regardless of who it is. And we had just came off of a bye. And, you know, in a way, this was sort of like a trap game, really. But the way that it happened, it was like one of those experiences that we didn't have as a team. So to be able to go through that and find a way to win a game, especially in that matter. That is good for us as like a food for thought moving forward to know, hey, we've been in this position before. We've came out of a bye week. We came out sluggish. We didn't meet our goals and our emphasis for the week as far as taking care of business on the defensive side. But hey, we won the game. Yeah. We found a way to win the game. We found a way to get the stops that we needed. We found a way to get the points. We found a way to make the the perfect plays that we needed to win the game. And we understand when it comes to January football, you just never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. I mean, everything is not going to happen the way that you want it to happen because it's the playoffs, you know? And same with December football. And that's one of the things that we noticed. That's one of the things that we embrace is that, hey, regardless of how we came out, we found a way to win because it's the NFL. It don't matter who you playing. You got to come out and you just got to find a way to come out with a W at the end of the week. You actually read ahead a little bit on that one because, by the way, this is the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box and 105.7 the fan one thing that like after a game like that and we're gonna get to Thailand in a second but you'll hear fans like almost want you to apologize for that type of game you almost be like hey that that wasn't good enough you're gonna have to be better than that right yeah I always wonder how you guys approach that like when you sit in a room together are you feeling the same thing are you thinking like hey man you know we won but like we got to be better than that or is your reaction more like no dude this is the NFL I don't know who's calling me right now how dare they not know that I'm doing a Tyus Bowser show this is the NFL this is the way it works like it you don't there's no perfect there's no like we feel great about how we played on Sunday because that's the difficulty of winning a game against a good team in the NFL. And that's correct. I mean, for us, we have a standard to how we move and how we play. And at the same time, we understand that everybody is professionals. Everybody is, you know, the 
best football players in the world. And you got to come every single week ready to play because it doesn't matter if they're the 0-17 Browns or the 2-17, I don't know, who else. Like, they're going to come and put out their best foot forward to come out here and beat you. And that's what they want to do. They want to they wanna strike something within their season to help them, you know, move forward. But, I mean, we all, like I said, we have a standard. We know that we can play a lot better than what we did. We could have came out swinging a lot quicker. We could have made a lot more plays, um, you know, especially coming off of the bye week. I mean, we kind of felt like we were sluggish. But we understand that it's a football game and you got to fight. And at the same time, we know that these guys are professionals as well. And they get paid. They got to provide and take care of their families just like we have to. And at the end of the day, if you come out with a win, that's all that matters. Yep. Right. That's all that yep. matters. And that's our mindset. But we also have the same thought as well as this is not the standard of how we play. We know we're better than this. But this is a learning lesson for us moving forward that not only we have been through this situation so we know how to handle it, but then as well, we don't want to put ourselves back in this situation and possibly some we don't have the same outcome that we did. So. All right, I want to do something. This is going to be an exercise right now. First of all, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Rita, I want to start with you, and then I'm going to have you go first, then Tyus go second. Rita, would you be willing to recreate what you looked like as you were watching Tylen Wallace get free. Maybe what you sounded like. Could you maybe like if, if we pretend, would you be willing to do that? Like can you tell us what it um, First of all, I'm not going to be re to be able to reenact that because I am a older woman and that requires me to use my knees again. Um, and I'm not going to do that, okay? I was jumping up and down like I was a child and I felt that pain later on and that night and I needed three Advil to help my knees from hurting. So no, I'm not going to reenact okay. that. Um, what but, if we just did the you, audio? You what if we only did the audio? No, I can't so. do that either because there's a lot of exp expletives that were said mm -hmm. um, in that moment as well because I was sitting next to a guy. I go to this place to watch the game, and it was a guy that got, comes, and he's a Colts fan. He just comes to sit. He, he comes, and he he a just. Colts fan. Yes, he, and he just likes to. He's he just he's the resident. Just a troll? Yes, he's the resident Ravens hater, so he just likes to sit there and, and be like, y'all ain't winning we, today. We, so We used and, to make things in this yeah, country. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm I'm yelling at the screen because they have it on like a huge screen like this, but like real huge. And then uh, I'm yelling, and then I'm yelling at the young man. Because, <laughs> and you know it wasn't nice. So no, I cannot reenact neither my physical actions because I'm too old to do that, and I can't reenact what I how I sounded right. because I I did some cursing. Ty Tyus, can you can you reenact? What yeah. it was like? Yeah, I mean, I was. I remember being beside Sam Cook on the on like the fifty yard line or whatever, and I remember I remember looking. I was like, "All right, let's go to work, Ty. Let's go to work, Ty. Oh yeah, Ty. Oh yeah, Ty. Oh yeah, Ty. Oh yeah, Ty. Oh, stay up, stay up, stay. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
so yeah, that was it. That was pretty good. That was, that was pretty good. That was was Sam exactly Cooke the proud? Was, was he the proud father? Did he was was that a proud father moment for he's Sam? He's the Cook? most stoic. I, I wasn't dude. even I wasn't even paying attention to him at that point. I just okay. I just knew he was beside me because I looked. I seen him right beside me, and it was like, yeah, we going It's time to go to work, Ty. And then I was just looking at him go. I was I seen him, and he made the big block, and then I seen him break off free, and then I, that's when my eyes started getting big. And then the dude came and tried to trip him. He kept his feet. Yeah. And from there, I tried running on the field, felt my knee a little bit, and I kept <laughs> I kept running. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Then ran down the field, and it was just it was just amazing. Like a there. genuine soul leaving your body type yeah. of. Yeah, what did right? you do, Glenn? Yeah. What did you do? I mostly said, well, that's fun. And then I. <laughs> I think Glenn is alive. I'm a very old man. Yeah. Like, I. I I use the acronym, quite frankly, LFG. Yeah, sure, right? So if you know what that means, you know what I say. Let's freaking go. Everybody knows yeah. that one. It's exactly, have, you yeah. say, let's yeah. freaking go. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't understand why you couldn't say that on the air. Let's freaking go, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's the one she said, right? Then we're all, that is what she said. She always says Yeah, oh yeah. That's what, whatever I say on the post-game show is what I said on uh, press box. I mean, on the, when that happened. We actually, uh, we actually, actually went through our um our photos you know the photos that we have on the wall yep. and stuff. so we got to choose which ones there was only three of them and they was off the top hey, did we ever get an update on the last one that you guys didn't like was we, an update made it wasn't made but you know i thought we put in the inquiry and everything i thought we did too but man i, I remember asking they said yeah they they didn't have any access to that photo or didn't know where that photo was. You're the Baltimore Ravens. I said the same thing. I don't understand this at all. I said the same so thing. So what did you guys go with from? So the first one that showed, it was like from the opposite side of you looking at us of him running. And the first thing I'm looking at, and I see myself, and I'm looking like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. They didn't put me out here on the spot. Everybody laughed. Is that the one in the... No, I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's going. I don't think that's going to win. It's another one. But the other two, it's not that. Who would I need to ask about getting a copy of that? I mean, if I was able to get a copy, I would have. I should have took a picture of it, but I don't want to be pulling out my phone during team meetings. I would have preferred. You know what would have been a good picture is a screenshot of Harbaugh in the camera Uh, at the end of the game. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect because his reaction is probably everybody. He is all of us. He was a fanboy in that yeah, moment. Yeah, he definitely was. He definitely <laughs> that was. I remember my seeing part. that. I was like, yo, Harbs is funny, man. <laughs> he, he's, he's not even trying to be not funny. Not even trying to be funny. He's just he's just caught in the moment. He's just embracing that time and whatever he's showing is is truly him. So that was real cool seeing that. I want to ride with that for a second, right? I told you. We're going to rip up. I always write out a script for the show. Forget the script this week. We're just going with it. <laughs> you just said something because I try to explain this to people. There are people that don't like decisions that John Harbaugh makes within a game, right? They'll say, why don't you take a time out there? Why don't you go for it there? Why don't you? I always say it this way. I'm like, whatever you feel about John Harbaugh's decision making, I can't tell you whether you're right or wrong. What I can say is what you just talked about resonates to me in a big way from every player that I speak to with a microphone in front of them and every guy that I talk about with them about when there's no microphone anywhere near us. Mm-hmm which is the leadership side of this, the, the personality, the way it gels, right? And I keep saying winning doesn't happen by accident or you don't win for, for 15 years in spite 
of your head coach. That's insane. The culture couldn't be like that. Could you explain, because what you just said, like that moment and how that resonated, could you tell us a little bit more about why it's such a fit with John Harbaugh and you guys that this culture exists here? Number one, because he's a player's coach. And I feel like that's the number one most important thing because he understands his players. He understands that we're grown men. He understands we are professionals, you know, and like it's not it's not an ego. It's not it's not really an egotistic thing when, you know, if a player has something to say or player has a different mindset or, you know, whatever the case may be, like he understands that his players are the reason why he's in that job, you know, and when you have players that care, you have players that wants to fight, and you allow them to do that, you you show them love, you show them respect, you show them appreciation, you know, like how do you not want to play for a guy like that, you know? And that shows, that tells a lot about him, just the type of man that he is and how much he cares, and he's always trying to do the best that he can for his team, for his players. And even when there's a bad call or a black or a bad play, I mean, the play with um, with Zay Flowers mm-hmm. when he caught the ball and then dude started picking him up and stuff. You can see Harbaugh. He wanted to fight. No, like he, he wanted really was. To he really was fight. about to fight the dude. Like got in his face and everything. It was like that's a. I missed it at first. Like I didn't the, when it was happening. I didn't catch it at all. No, I'm, I mean I'm looking. I'm seeing it, and I just see. I could see it in his eyes. Like I'm I'm this close from punching you through your face mask. <laughs> Right now, about to have a big like, dumb moment. Don't touch my, don't touch my player like that. Like that's what, and that simply showed that. How do you not want to run through a brick wall for that man? You know, and that shows you the type of culture starting with him. Yep. As far as being a leader, just being a player's coach and allowing his players to flourish and be the actual players that you brought them into this organization to be, and that's how you propel and become the organization, the team that you look for to compete for a world championship. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not gonna, you know, poo poo on coaches that are pretty stoic, like, you know, the Bill Belichicks of the world who when they celebrate he just doesn't really smile a ton. <laughs> but um, it's good to see when things like Sunday's game happens that coaches get you know, enthusiastically involved in the in the process. Because my favorite thing is the post game video of Tylon. Everybody's like throwing Gatorade at, him. and Harbaugh's like in the back jumping up and down like a kid. And I was like, he's un- so un- unintentionally funny, yeah. but he's living in the moment. And that's I don't know how important that is to y'all. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't know if that really matters in the grand scheme of things, right? But ultimately, like when you see your coach as enthusiastic as you are about a huge win like that, I mean, to me, I would think that that speaks volumes. It does speak volumes, man. I mean, who was expecting their coach to be jumping around, (laughs) throwing water and hugging and everything, (laughs) trying to dance and stuff? Like, nobody's expecting that. You know, he's an older cat. You know, he he can't do too much, but, you know, he's trying to live in his younger days. He's trying to still feel, which, I mean, from – in the locker room, it seemed like he still got a lot, a lot to him, which is great to see. Like that's just more energy, you know, given to the team, you know, and just his energy, just his presence, just the way he speaks, you know, it, it, 
it does a big part as far as how this team moves forward. And just to have somebody like that, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's great to have. All right, I'm going to wrap this segment because we didn't really talk about Tylen. What that moment meant for him, everything he's been through, injuries, thinking he was off the team, and, and how you guys embraced him finally getting the chance to say, like, yeah, I, I want to I can help, too. Like, I'm I want to be a part of this thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it kind of really started when he had the offsides um, mm -hmm. on pump return and people caught notice of that. And, you know, he had the opportunity to get in at uh, as a pump returner and made plays for us. And then, like you said, just having that big play, that big moment for him. I honestly thought it was a jump start for him, you know, mentally as a player because, like you said, he's been through a lot, you know, just with constant hamstring injuries and, you know, barely making the team and just trying to put his name out there to show people that he still is that player. Yep. And, you know, it just takes something as simple as one play, one moment mm -hmm. that can really just jump start and change your entire game your entire career and just to be able to see that out of him especially me being around him enough to see the type of guy he is how he take care of business how hard he works you know just the kind dude that he is you know you just want to see people like that flourish you want to see people like that happy and for him to have that moment man you it was it was heartwarming to see his face, you know, walking through the locker room, just smiling. I don't think I've seen him smile that hard in a while, you know. Even in the locker room, even in the meetings and stuff, you could just see, you could just see his per, his persona just change, and it's great to see something like that happen for him. Because I know what he's been through, I know the challenges that he's faced, and just being able to, you know, find a way to continue to stay positive and keep a strong mindset, and just to go out there and when when your name is called, to go out there and make a play that can help this team win. So, that was awesome. awesome. That was awesome, man. All right, make some noise, Tyus Bowser, please. Uh, the, the show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. And if you missed him at the Tyus Bowser Show, you can meet Justin Matabike next Tuesday, December 19th, at Wines Markets in Haverty Grace. A VIP autograph ticket will cost you just a $25 donation to Great Eights Memorabilia's Project 500 Gifts Toy Drive. It's a win-win, so get those tickets right now, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. When we come back in, we got to get caught up with you, and we want you to put your analyst hat on in the next segment. Analyst Tybo is what we're doing when we come back in. This is the Tyus Bowser Show.